Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. Feels like work. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? (laughs) I think everybody can read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. (laughs) Mrs. Buff, if you want, I can mail you the bub timer. Yeah, Newcastle, especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? (laughs) No, I have not had it in the can. (laughs) Notice I closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers. Craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is The Session. My name is Jason Petros. I'm filling in for the... Look, if I'm just going to be honest, uh, the Republican, Justin Crossley. Oh, yeah. okay. I call him Republican. I don't care. Wow. Yeah, I don't care. I'm going to out him, um, and I think we all should take a stand. No, Sitting down? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, Justin is in Colorado right now, but we are actually going to be speaking with him in, I don't know, right about 20 minutes. Oh. Uh, we're going to talk with a representative from the city of Concord and uh, our guests, Epidemic Ales, because uh, there has been a collaboration beer that has been brewed for the upcoming Oktoberfest. Oh, that's right. So uh, Justin's going to call in and manage that, and uh, because he was there, I wasn't there, so I don't know anything about anything. Uh, I'm just going to sit here and look real handsome and push buttons. So Justin's not taking the week off. No, he's, he's still working. Fully. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, he's a scheduled guest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll to, treat him accordingly, too. To be honest, <laughs> it, it's really just a pre-recorded interview. That, it's just pre-recorded questions, and then right. Pedro's going to be in here answering the questions, and then I play the next question. Right. We all have a script. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's right. Very fascinating. I can't read this font. It's too low. It's too small. <laughs> yeah, really. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is brought to you, of course, by the fine folks at Morebeer. Go to morebeer.com, and uh, they have absolutely everything for you to make better beer at home. If they don't have it, you don't need it. If they don't have it, it doesn't even exist. <laughs> oh, mean, wow. Okay. Y- yeah, that's how it works. All right. You don't know that. I didn't. <laughs> but now I do. That's all right. A- and now I know I don't need it, whatever they don't have. 
Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that, Warren. You're welcome. Man, I was real nervous you weren't going to be here because it was like five fifty eight and I didn't see you. I didn't see you. I didn't, oh. I didn't hear you. I didn't see you like walking into like a, a table and going, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Yeah, um, like the guy with glasses from Revenge of the Nerds. I I, had, I stumbled in here about five minutes till, and then had to wait four minutes for a beer. So <laughs> you had to wait four minutes for a beer. Yeah, Eric Lupe. What's going on, man? Lupe was real busy behind the bar yeah. there. <laughs> Hey, can I get a sample? Whatever, man. Yeah, but I, I could see Tasty still standing out there, so I knew I wasn't in too much trouble. I got that he can wait look on my face all the time, too. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit there with my arms folded, staring. Oh, that's, that's why you, I never get in here. I never, okay. yeah, yeah, oh, okay. right. Just yeah. staring out the window at yeah. everybody having fun with their lives. Mm. It's, it's better for you to be on this side of the glass. You want to hear a story? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that. Speaking of people going out and having fun with their lives. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it was my friend's bachelor party on, on Saturday. Well, your and, friend. Yeah. And, okay. uh, and that's where the story ends. So there was You weren't that. invited. Uh, no. It had happened. I was at home playing Destiny. <laughs> and um, I, uh, you know, I got all my uh, powerful Ingram done. And so that was cool. Leveled up to 520 light. No. Okay. Um, and, you know, it very much was it was like uh, my bachelor party. We just kind of went and, like, had some beers and some drinks and some food and, like, drove around a little bit and came yeah. home. Like, I don't, you know, I don't need to you pretend I'm 22 anymore. You right. know what I mean? Um, so we, it was like 14 of, of his friends, which <gasps> who knew, I, I thought there was a soft cap of, like, huh. five <laughs> friends that you, any one man could actually have. Yeah, he, it seems like he was showing off. Well, that's what I think, too. He knew I was going to be there. And right. he was like, see what you could do if people liked you? And I'm like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> that's too many. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're in this big, like, stre- <laughs> like a stretch limo. Actually, it wasn't like a stretch limo. It was a stretch limo. <laughs> oh, wow. But it was like some sort of like uh, one of those expedition stretch limos. Are there unstretched limos? What does a stretch limo mean? That's a good question. I think maybe a limo is like a town car or yeah, like or a... based on a Lincoln or a Cadillac. It's yeah. based on a, an SUV. Oh, yeah. when it's when it's not the normal kind of limo, it's a stretch. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe this bit is a stretch. I don't know. I, I've been in one, so I'm I'm relatively. <laughs> was new it to for limos. my? Was yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It was your bachelor party. You're welcome. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I'm trying to elevate your game. I mean, I had to schedule it. Yeah. So I mean, well, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, so we go. Uh, he lives in Antioch, and then so we drove all the way out to uh, Walnut Creek to a brewery, uh, a tap okay. house or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm like, okay, uh, there's an Oktoberfest. That's cool. I like to support mm-hmm. the loggers, the seasonal loggers. Mm-hmm. Um, tasted like uh, sanitizer and Whoa. overdone Vienna malt. Hey, all right. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I, got, I drank half of that and I left it. Mm. Uh, and then we went to an, uh, uh, a new tap house in Concord. Um, Okay. Uh, Concord Tap House, I guess it's, I called. it's called. Oh, is that what it's, it's called? called? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice people. Super nice. Uh-huh. It was a cool spot. Um, everything was either hazy or IPA or or flavored somehow, mm. except Faction Pale. Oh. So you know your boy had a Faction Pale, and I was oh, feeling sure. pretty good. I'm like, okay, good. Finally, at first I had thought I had lost kind of uh, hope in, in, in the craft right. services area of, of yes. the humanities yeah. or whatever. And then we went to Slow Hand Barbecue. Okay. And they usually have some good beer. Faction Pilsner. Okay. So uh, first, <laughs> yeah, I got a, a brisket sandwich and uh, 10 wings and wow, two sides yourself. and a pint of Pilsner. And I'm like, dude, this is great. <laughs> you all right, Bev? Nice getting out. Are you mad at my beer choices or what are you doing? She, screaming in there? I can't like get Roger. my headphones to work and they only uh. worked a second ago and it was you 
you I had it turned up too loud and you just screamed at me. I screamed uh, at you. Oh, all right. Sorry about that. It's a lot like life imitating life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then it was downhill from there. We went to oh. a couple spots. Wherever, and so everywhere I go, there were hazy fruited milkshake beers. Uh. And I didn't know I didn't know what to do with myself. I had a can mm. of another Oktoberfest that was like super sweet. Okay. And uh, I just I, I, I was my one I guess my point is it was my one time of like going out and, and trying to be a human being for a second <laughs> yeah. in the in the industry that I fully support and I had a miserable time. <laughs> well, I had a miserable time. I couldn't deal with it and I don't know what to do about it. I guess you're you're at a crossroads. You can either take this as a time for personal growth. Yeah. Or just stay at home. <laughs> I think I might just stay at home. That does sound better. Because personal also. growth is just changing your ideals, right? I don't know. So I was I was yeah. arguing with this dude, one of my friend's friends, and he was like, you don't understand. It's just, this is what beer could be. Well, it is. Yeah, and I'm like, it's here. I'm like, look, <laughs> here's my problem. I don't care that people are bring, drinking or, or, or whatever, doing hazy beer. I, yeah. I honestly don't really give a shit. What, what, I, what bothers me is that when there's so many purchased at a bar that... There's no like normal beer for normal people. There's, right. there's no normie beer, and so it pushes my. So then it affects my my good time. And my buddy goes, "Oh, so you just care about yourself?" I'm like, "Yeah." Do you think I care? The, do you think I give a fuck about what you want to drink? No, I'm going yeah. out for me. I want to drink something nice. And you know, so I, I sobered up at the bar. It you was fun. You don't want to go to the bar to drink water while your friends get drunk? <sighs> no. Hmm. No. True friend. I like true RO water friend. only. <laughs> That's true. Concord tap water is terrible. <laughs> well, this was in Brentwood, but uh, anyway, it's. Uh, it, I, I guess the point of my story is uh, there was just there's. I, I, I saw firsthand the uh, the haze effect on people, <gasps> and and we've talked about it a, a few times on the show about like chunky hazy beer. Yeah, and there was a lot of that. Oh yeah, I've I've Honestly. needed floss after a couple of them. <laughs> and and I guess that's what I don't understand. And so I was trying to like, you know, tell people like, oh well it's really not supposed to have chunks in it. Right. And there was like literally yeast slurry at the bottom of this one dude's glass from this can of yeah. local um mm. Hazy, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, it just it, it bothered me. It was like I, I thought it was funny though, con- considering all the stuff we talk about on the show. The one time I go out, we're just inundated with with. <laughs> with I had two beers. I finished two oh, beers, yeah, and they were faction beers. Yeah. So You're, God bless Roger Davis. <laughs> yes, from no. faction because you uh, saved me many times. Your experience God. is very common. I'm out there a lot, right? I yeah. probably went to the same places you went uh, on a regular basis, and I go in there and I, I go, okay, what do you have this clear in the pale ale? Mm-hmm. And then. They go like, well, no, okay, okay, how about clear and hoppy? Uh, yeah, yeah, we got this beer, 7.8%, it's a double IP, they call it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Everything right. else is hasty. I said, well, did you, do you ever have, like, clear IP, clear pale ale? Oh, all the time. Why are they gone? Because that's what people are drinking. <laughs> right. They just yeah. don't get enough of it. They got, I mean, oh. people drink it. They drink it so it's gone. Yeah, and I definitely don't want to get into that because I get, honestly, I get hate mail. People yeah. actually literally write me hate mail. I mean, we're so tired of hearing you talk about hazy beer. Then, you know what? It's part of the culture. So that's mm. just what it is. It's if You know what? If you hate me talking about it, then don't buy it, and people will stop making it, and I won't talk about it. Hmm. Well, I, I drink maybe the pendulum is, is shifting. If they're always out of clear pail, maybe uh, they'll start, bars will start buying it again. I hope. Um, I hope. But I don't know. It was it, I, the line from your friend is really great. I really like. The, just think about what beer could be. Yeah, you're 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 such a purist. It could be. It could, I'm like, like here's my problem. If you if you go to the if you go to a restaurant, you order a steak, and a steak gets delivered, but it tastes like a cupcake. Oh, think what a steak could be. I know Bev is excited. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's not. He goes, 
I go, that's not what it's supposed to be, right? Uh, you know, uh, we're talking about right. like lactose fruited mm-hmm. IPAs. I, I'm trying to tell them that that's not really an IPA. You don't want an IPA, so don't think that you're an IPA drinker if you're drinking these fruited beers, which I thought was pretty relatively, honestly, moderate, uh, you know, kind of in the middle of, of my weird bullshit argument about why hazy beers are gross because it's just, it, at least just call it what it is. Oh, sure. Um, and he was like, but. He goes, I see your argument, but um, that's what I expect. He goes, if I order a steak that tastes like a cupcake, I know what I'm, at, I know what I'm getting myself into, and, and then it's okay. And I'm like, you got me. Yeah, yeah if it if, says that on the menu. Yeah, if you're yeah. into that, you're into that. Now we're back to our menu thing we talked about. Right. Last time. Yeah. Yeah. It says up there, uh, uh, West Coast IP, and you get it, and it's, it's called cloudy. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. What's that mean? <clears throat> Anyway, but uh, it, it was cool to go around to a couple beer bars I'd never been to, and yeah. um, you know have uh, faction beers, and I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, but thank you. there's there's uh, some cool tap rooms in the area. Yeah, they're popping up. They're popping up, and the people are really nice, and they do have a wide selection, which is which is cool. And mm-hmm. and 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 again, I've said it on the show, and I said it to all these all my friends' friends. I'm like, this is I'm in a prison of my own design. I totally understand it. I'm not trying to make you feel bad as a person for drinking these beers. You want to drink these beers? That's totally fine. I don't like them, but because I've ruined myself right. with knowledge about what <laughs> I think beer should be and and, and well, good taste and well proper genetics really right, yeah. uh, to taste the flaws in these beers. So I'm just a superior. Superior, no subpar human being is what. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, go out and, and and check them out. If you're like me and you're kind of close minded, go out and reinforce that idea. Yeah, <laughs> poly- Learn what you already know. <laughs> the polyphenols are, that, you, that are floating around in there are antioxidants, so it's not, they, you're drinking a little healthier. See, there you go. Uh, right. Tasty. And, and I yeast, feel like that's bullshit. But <laughs> yeast has a lot of good nutrients in it too, so that's floating yeah, there. The floaties. That yeah. means you're getting the vitamin B. Dude, yeah. I swear to God, it, it was in this. It was in this can. I'm not going to say what it is, but it was a take off uh, tiki drink. Let's put it that way. Okay. And there was it was poured from a can, and this guy came out with the. And I swear to God, it looked like if you take a White Labs vial or the oh, the, yeah. the old vials, yeah, right, yeah. and you shake it up, that milk. It was like that. Hmm. And then after five minutes, you could see a ring at the bottom of yeast. Are you and sure I'm it was like, not fruit? Wow. No, it was yeast. Ugh. I poured it in my Oktoberfest that I didn't drink and like let it settle out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look at that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You didn't repitch it when you got home? No. Oh, okay. No. But you know what? Hey, if you want to learn more about yeast, Warren, and I, 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 I know you do. Yeah. Uh, join White Labs November 5th and 6th. For Yeast Essentials 2.0 in Asheville, North Carolina. This two-day workshop will explore fermentation control points, tips for maintaining optimal yeast performance, and how to develop desired yeast flavor compounds. Attendees will learn methods for off-flavor detection and sensory evaluation techniques of different strains, as well as how to properly troubleshoot different fermentation problems. If you can't make it to Asheville, that's not a problem. Of course, they're offering a webinar version. Register by October 6th, so you got, you know, a few weeks. To take advantage of early bird pricing, learn more about the event by visiting whitelabs.com slash education. Uh, All right, Tasty. Normally, this would be feedback, which, of course, is brought to you by the Beer Law Center. John over there at the Beer Law Center is working hard to protect our trademark and all that kind of stuff, and he can do the same for you. He can also help you navigate the uh, federal filings and, you know, give you a little advice here and there and maybe even a joke. Who knows? Yeah, Um, but we don't have any feedback. We got zero feedback. Come on, people! This week Mm -hmm. it was uh, a lot of spam. Hey, no complaints. (laughs) That's that's right. We're doing great. That's right. So, in lieu of that, what's up, Tasty? (laughs) Well, that's a good question. Oh, I spent the weekend uh, 
at something called the Northern California Home Brewers Festival, which is uh, that's a big thing. Uh, is that a camping thing. It's uh, a, strictly? It's event? very. The core is it's a camp out event. Where everybody camps, and about twenty twenty three clubs or so uh, all show up. Um, the heart of the uh, weekend is uh, uh, noon to eight o'clock at night. We each club sets up a, a, a booth. Most are decorated, uh, all to a, a common theme. Yeah. And we, and we each club pours eight to uh, thirty-five beers uh, brewed, brewed by the club members. Is it open to the public, or is it just for the? No, you have to be a clubs. club member. So okay. it's, it's a totally uh, circle of the wagons, uh, club members uh, kind of thing. I mean, you could. Know, there are a few people there that you can invite your you friends. Can, you can be flexible you. in your club member list, but everybody that's there is checked against a, a membership list of the club. Okay. okay. The thing opens up on Friday night with a with a happy hour. They call it hoppy hour, where like a four or five club. I get it. Yeah, will host that. Hops are an ingredient. In Hops beer. are a green in beer. Yeah. 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 It's a, yeah it's a, and, uh, Someone say a key ingredient. I don't know. Right. One of the four. It's a meet and greet. Uh, that's followed by a, a, a Sean Paxton dinner, where he's yeah. you know, sort of a, He's uh, still doing that. I thought yeah. he wasn't doing that anymore. Well, I, I, think, <laughs> I think he's got more desperate. Not for NHC. I, I, no, 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 not oh, for NHC. No, right. I, I didn't think he was doing the beer dinner thing oh. at all. No, he so does. That's he, cool. Uh, I know he didn't do it for a few years. But yeah. Then, oh, I, he's back doing I, it. I missed the last two. Uh, some okay. Guy, some guy had his wedding the same day as hmm. two years ago. God, who would do that? Two, two years, years ago. Hmm. Yeah. Almost three now. Oh, wow, that's right. Well, Is yeah. it three? Fuck, I think it's tomorrow. Hold on. What's the date? <laughs> uh, it's this week sometime. It's Okay, oh, it so is? it's Wednesday. Oh, okay. All right. Set a calendar. Uh, you can pick up a you can pick up a card on your way home tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, Tasty. Go ahead. No problem at all. It's very important to remember dates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the happy hour, it's sort of a meet and greet, and that's yeah. kind of cool. And uh, then after dinner, or some people don't, then everybody goes to dinner. You just you go to your camp area with your club, or you go club to club and try their beers and stuff like that. Kind of informal at night. You end up drinking way too much on Friday night. Of course. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, the thing, the main event opens up Saturday. About it opens up at eleven. People are never ready by 11. <laughs> so about noon, all the decorations are up, all the faucets are pouring, the ice is set up, and, and beers are, are coming out. And you, okay. People just pretty start, start moving, you know, roaming around club to club, trying their beers. Uh, you know, maybe some of their uh, decorations are interactive. This year's theme was Las Vegas. Oh. Uh, hmm. and, uh, so everyone got syphilis. Yeah, it was like in a, <laughs> there were like several marriage chapels, no divorce, no divorce courts. That sucks. Huh. Yeah, a lot of people got I married. I would have gone. A lot of <laughs> people got married. Yeah, a lot of like you know women married each other, which is weird. It's legal now. It's legal. <laughs> yeah. There's no paperwork given. So Tasty is such oh. a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just. Kidding. Oh, you're on Justin's side. I'm aren't kidding. You? I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Brian Cooper's club, uh, and Brian, by the way, was dressed as Elvis. Oh, of course he, he was. He'd make a good Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Brian Cooper from Doctor Homebrew fame. Yeah. yeah. And he owned it. He owned it. Oh, I bet he, he, he never had a boy. Elvis wig all day. Did he have? A, <laughs> did he have his guitar? No, but wow. his club had a karaoke booth, and man, was it very, very popular. Really, he just rocked it. Yeah, karaoke, man. There's something that brings out white people like karaoke, like no uh, other. I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, it's killer. They got. I don't the, get it either. Honestly, <laughs> every year they give three awards. One's for the best beer, which club okay. the best beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other is for the uh, best food, which club because each club is required to serve food. Oh, really? Okay. So it's also got they have little snacks at each. Yeah, yeah each, each group? club booth has okay. a, has a food table. Or okay. It's usually hot food, and and like homebrewers would do, it's well made, well conceived. Mm-hmm. Somebody's made their best homemade sausage or their best chili, or it's really really hot, really good uh, good picnicking. If you nice. Will. And then the other is for the best booth. And uh, the Mad Zarmagist, which is Brian Cooper's, Brian's Club, Club, yeah, yeah. Cooper's Club, 
they won the, the best booth award, hands down, I'm sure. Awesome. So did you Everybody. bring your wings then? No, no, Fresh no, off no, of no, the no, uh, I didn't, I didn't, awards I didn't do list? the catering. All I, I did, all I did was show up with my homebrew. Oh, okay. Wait, you homebrew still? Yeah, yeah. What? For, just for a reason. Like I brewed <laughs> for oh. like, uh, yeah, I a special like, event. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got some beer for this. No, I homebrewed 14 and a half days before the, the event. So I'd have beer to take to the event. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I'm the same way. I only brew for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I never go like... Yeah, it's a nice sunny day. I think I'll pull the kettles out. <laughs> right. You don't do that anymore. I'll propane and burn myself. Yeah. I haven't gotten scalded in a while. Yeah. You know, I have some beer. I, you know what? I'll, I'll bring some beer next week. I'll bring a homebrew. Oh, please do. Whoa. Jason Petro's homebrew. What was the reason for this beer? I can't tell you. It's a, it's, I'm working on a recipe. I'm working on a thing, um, which is funny because all of the, uh, the shit I've been talking about, why can't beer just be, it's a uh, oatmeal milk stout with cocoa nibs. Mm. So huh? there's that. But anyway, I'll bring is that. Is it clear? I'll, uh, it's clear. I'll bring some of my beer in. It's just Holy shit. We're going to have good. a fucking homebrew day. Warren, wow. do you have any homebrew? No, I don't brew anymore. No, oh, you're a piece of garbage. So, um, no equipment. so anyway, another highlight of a, a Saturday, or part of Saturday, yes, is there, there are guest speakers. And this year we had oh, okay. uh, Kevin England from uh, FDR, that's Ferment, Drink, Repeat. He talked about troubleshooting finished beer and how to correct a problem in a uh, very, very interesting talk. Okay. Uh, Dick Cantwell uh, oh. from Magnolia uh, spoke about his... Uh, uh, what he calls the Galactic IPA, and he's got a book out about that. Mm-hmm. He was signing and selling books. That's cool. And Fal Allen was there talking about Gosa. Oh, wow. So, cool. you know, it was great talk. That's a talk. pretty powerhouse That's a great um, thing, dude. Yeah. That's like yeah. a mini NHC talk. Yeah. Is it, is it, is it at the Cullen. campground near uh, Anderson Valley? Is that where they host it? No, no. It's, oh, okay. This is at Lake Francis. Uh, it's like a... Francis. It's in Dobbins, California. It's about 30 minutes, 45 minutes northeast of uh, Sacramento. Francis. Okay. Someone's yeah. grandma named it's that. It's an hour from Chico. I know <laughs> that because I went to Chico afterwards. <laughs> did just you, to go to Chico or yeah, any brewery in particular? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, uh, do you have anything to say, Bev? You were raising your hand. We're off for the next two weeks in a row. Oh, we are? Yeah, so because you're going to be really out of town, really dial in those homebrew recipes. <laughs> See, you have time to homebrew oh. now, Warren. Oh, great! Well, I'll dust it. off the kettle. <clears throat> All right. Well, that has been what's up, Tasty. <laughs> oh, he, Tasty's what? done. Why does, why does I'm trying to? Oh, here we go. Oh, it doesn't work because the timing is off. But mm. you know, it's fine, man. Yeah. It's fine. Have you seen comedians in cars promoting Netflix specials? <laughs> no, I have It's not. pretty good. Well, it used to be good. But you know what else is good? Great fermentations, everybody. They have the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web. Their staff is some of the best trained in the business on those products. They offer top-notch customer service, same-day shipping on many items. Check them out, greatfermentations.com. They're all over social media, of course, at GR8 Fermentation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, greatfermentations.com. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Do you have a Twitter game, Warren, real fast? Uh... How about we do it after we get when we get back? After when we get back? After when we get back from the two week break? I mean, after the break. <laughs> well, actually, why don't you just go ahead and do it now, real fast? Because it's going to be the same either way. Uh, or are you not ready? I'm not ready. Okay. <laughs> See, I was trying. Uh, this is why it is in grade school. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, my dog ate it. No, oh, your dog ate that part of your brain yeah. that comes up with the uh, worms. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Justin Crosley and Pedro from the city of Concord and Epidemic Ales right here in Concord, California. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters, Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network.
21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem you need the five star solution visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019 800-782-7019 and get the five star treatment today Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Before we get to our guests here, let me call let me call our first one and talk to you, which is appropriately, Beersmith. You guys all know Beersmith is the best recipe building and brewing software on the market, and it offers a 21-day free trial, so you can check it out yourself. Well, now, Beersmith just got better with the release of Beersmith 3. In addition to all the amazing features already in Beersmith, Beersmith, Beersmith 3 now offers support for mead, wine, and cider recipes for the first time ever, which is cool. I know people have been asking for that forever. Water profile tool built into the recipe builder so you can build and match water profiles within a beer recipe. Mash pH estimation and adjustment built into the recipe builder. New support for hop whirlpool additions, including time and temperature for each item, which I feel like is probably the key. Boil adjustments for high altitude, streamline interface, all this kind of stuff and more. Go to beersmith.com today and get your 21-day free trial. Okay, on the phone, we should have Mr. Justin Crossley. Hi, this is Justin. Hello. I'm not here to take your call right now, but if you leave your name and number... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how's it going, man? 
That's going great. How are you guys doing there in the studio? Not too bad. Not too bad. We have a we have a full studio. I'm sorry you are actually if you were here, we would need more we would need more room in the studio. I don't know if we could fit everybody. So it's it's a perfect time for you not to be here. That's why I left. I'm always looking out for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Aww. I appreciate it. We are in the studio with Pedro from the City of Concord Economic Development um, portion of the city. And then we also have from Epidemic Ales, uh, Sean, Holly, and Aaron. And then, of course, Warren and Tasty are here, too. Those are all Still. the voices you will hear, Justin. Um, Great. How, yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, about what, the uh, collaboration, about the Oktoberfest, all that kind of fun stuff going on. Yes, I want to talk about that. I want to welcome and thank Pedro for being in there and, and, and you know, increasing our minority impact on the show. We've never done that before. <laughs> so Thanks, Justin. Thanks thank for you having for, me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, of course, we've been talking about the Oktoberfest that we have coming up there in Concord. Uh, that we are, are working on along with Visit Concord. And, and Pedro actually had the idea that we work on a collaboration beer with our, with our Concord Brewery epidemic. Um, and I thought that was a great idea. So that was Pedro's uh, I idea. think what we, what's that? I said it was Pedro's idea. It was Pedro's idea. Uh, He's the nice. smart one in the room. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, it's funny because I actually had already contacted epidemic and, and just asked them, Hey, you know, would you guys be interested in brewing the official beer for Oktoberfest, but didn't even think that anybody would want us involved. Uh, but then uh, Pedro said, well, why don't, we, why don't we make this a collaboration between uh, Concord Vibe and the Brewing Network and Epidemic? And so, so that's what we did. Um, and I'm sure you can imagine that my input uh, on the beer itself was, was minimal because <laughs> I wanted it to be good. Well, you know, that's uh, the one thing about you, Justin, is you know your shortcomings, especially when it comes to beer. That's right. Not I'm con- good at I'm good at admitting everything I suck at uh, vocally. <laughs> Not consuming it, uh, of course, but but the actual production of it. But I will say that uh, I, I I believe I was able to sway us in the direction of the style of the beer, and then entrust Epidemic in doing it. So what we uh, had decided on was to do a nice uh, Dunkelbach or Dunkless, if you're Dan Gordon and want to say it right, like you're a German. <laughs> right. Uh, and so I'm really happy that they agreed that that would be a cool style to do because I don't think that any other brewery we've got at the festival is doing that style. And it's just one of my favorite German beer styles. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's a style you don't see a lot of people doing. I mean, you know, even you go to Bevmo, let's say, who, you know, they don't have a giant import selection or German selection. But what they do is pretty good. There's not really a whole lot of Dunkless represented there and yeah. it is a good style not a lot of people do it it's a great style and of course you i think you see a little more often the dunkel weitz but i just i'm not a big fan of weitz beer of any kind i don't i don't like what the yeast does and um just not my favorite but i love a good dunkel box so mm-hmm. um yeah so sean there uh, i think came up with a with a recipe that i'm sure we're going to hear about and um that is our official beer of concord oktoberfest that sounds good. Now, Sean, is it true that Justin swayed the recipe, or, or at least the, the style, or did you already have it set in your mind? Um, well, you definitely uh, put in a good input on... Oh, go ahead and get right. Just right on that. Uh, there you go. So you definitely put in a good input on okay. uh, what the style should be. When he picked uh, that style, were you like, really, dude? Can we just do like a Hellas or something? <laughs> something easier? Um, I mean, we, we shot it back and forth about... 
uh, what styles to do. Yeah. Because uh, we definitely wanted, didn't want it to compete with our Meritzen that we release every year. Oh, okay. As uh, well as we're a little bit known for our darker styles. Yeah. So um, felt like a Dunkel would be the right direction. Okay. Cool. Well, your story checks out, Justin. Yeah, apparently your feedback See, was and, good. And, <laughs> and I like JP's investigative reporting. <laughs> well, that's what I do. Fact uh, check. You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to take a job with, with KRON, Channel 4 News, here soon, uh, investigating uh, consumer reports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> investigating so, Yelp reviews. You know, we'll let Sean, uh, you know, maybe after I'm going to talk about the recipe and, and how that came about. But, mm-hmm. of course, Pedro there. You know, uh, can tell us a little about Concord Vibe because you know the the idea is mostly that Concord is is awesome, <laughs> and it gets awesome more and more. You know, I've been around that town now for for twenty years, and I have to admit it it's really a lot. It's grown up a lot, and it's better now. And so Pedro's really good at just getting you know those of us who are involved in the community together to do stuff like this. Um, so Pedro, maybe you can take it from there just a little bit about what you do, but I, I just that's what I really like about what Concord Vibe does is uh, even when we're not thinking of it, you know, you're like, hey, guys, let's let's do a little more together. And I love that. Thanks, Justin. And yeah, uh, hopefully it's been getting better and even better the past three years since I've been here. So uh, <laughs> I'd like to take a little credit for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, Concord Vibe is really uh, it, it was created to really highlight the businesses, amenities and events in the city of Concord uh, that really cater towards young professionals. And really highlighting those businesses that really have targeted that audience and maximizing that exposure. And really, you know, Concord made my job so easy because when I got here, there was already a great selection of businesses. And then I even had Epidemic coming right after me. So that was awesome to see together. And really what we try to do is highlight all these businesses and events that already are existing in the city and really maximizing that through social media and through different outlets. Like the Brewing Network. <laughs> and, uh, and we've had multiple successes over the years. We've had two, two years now of our uh, collaborative beer release party. So the first year we came out with a double IPA called Vibe, and that was wildly successful. Epidemic can speak to that later. And then last year we did a, a golden chocolate stout also mm, with a good. third partner, Rachel Dunn Chocolates here in Concord also. So really keeping it nostalgic, keeping it Concord, and really maximizing everyone's uh, opportunities to brand their business and bring everyone together, like Justin said. So the first year we had a couple hundred people, maybe about five businesses that, part- that participated. Yeah. Second year, 17. Oh, Easy. wow. And it was a huge success. Everyone from Epidemics, EJ Fair, Hop Grenade, everyone was there. It was a great event. And it keeps growing and growing every year. And, you know, what we'd like to see every year is every year come out with a collaborative beer. And, uh, and, and so Concord Vibe is really living right now in a really nice space with craft beer. But it means so much more. You know, there's so many more things out there and uh, so many restaurants, as you know. Yeah. And Concord Vibe is really growing, and it's taking a, its its own path, and it's growing really nicely with the support of Visit Concord, the Chamber of Commerce, our breweries, our businesses. So really, really, I just helped maximize the exposure, but everyone already did the work. The businesses were already there. The restaurants were already there, and the city's vibrancy was already there. I was just helping promote it. See, that's that's the kind of job to get. 
the work has already been done. You just have to sit and kind of just write it. And that's, I think, I that's think good, right. good for you. <laughs> I don't have to do it. Uh, what, what could you say to, to anybody who's, who's uh, listening that's not from Concord that maybe wants to work with their city to try to bring people in? Um, h- how do you make a city attractive to a potential business? Yeah, well, besides being affordable... You know, I think everyone is always worried about the Bay Area being super expensive. Yeah. Which, let's face it, it is. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But Concord isn't that bad. Right. And Concord, I always like to say, is an affordable entryway into the Bay Area. And, you know, breweries out there, just like Epidemics, they started in the garage, home brewing, and they wanted a valuable space. And we allowed them to come into our city easily and efficiently with time. And that's something that where we really stand tall amongst everyone else is that we make it easy for businesses to open in the city of Concord. And we really try to allow for businesses to come into the city that are in the craft beer uh, industry that really sometimes other other industry or other communities maybe give them a little pushback or maybe make it a little difficult. Yeah, We've had really good success here. Um, we have more beer and wine here also that they've been here for years. That's right. Um, so we have a little bit of a history and it keeps growing every year and we're really excited to work with these breweries. So the more the merrier and we're happy to bring more in. You know, for all those listeners out there around the world, you know, hey, come to Concord. Move to Concord, baby. Yeah. It's true. Concord does make it easy. They're, they're so, in fact, so I'm out here in Fort Collins at our other hop grenade now, and I would kill to have a Pedro here uh, helping the city uh, promote what, what it is that people do. But Concord does just make it easy. It's a great place uh, business-wise. I'm sure Epidemic uh, would agree. Um, just in, in terms of cutting through red tape and, and making it easy. And on top of that, uh, I don't know why, but for some reason, the city of Concord and the Concord Police Department has like a hundred percent trust in me and let me do whatever I want with these events and uh, the things that we put on in the park. For example, um, this year at Oktoberfest, we just discussed this with the city and the police department. Uh, we don't even have to cordon off our, our uh, beer garden for wow. this festival. So the entire Toto Santos square is going to be open. Um, you can come into the beer tent and hang out in the beer tent, but you can also walk around with your family with a beer in your hand um, and just go uh, enjoy the whole park and the entertainment that we have. So, uh, like I said, I don't know why, but the city trusts me and is using me as a, as a guinea pig for this format so that we don't have to like stay in a little cage while we're drinking our beer. It, it, to, to me, it sounds a lot like entrapment. Where they're just right. gonna they're they're waiting <laughs> yeah. just yeah. waiting for it yeah. like you sure, get arrested <laughs> for whatever happens <laughs> yeah or not even kid right. old man because most of the force is probably younger than you all right old man let's go <laughs> dude it's definitely one of those things where like well that didn't work and you can tell because <laughs> Justin's in jail right yeah. um, but let's, let's hope that doesn't happen actually, Justin <laughs> yeah. they're they're so I don't know what better way to put this but adult about everything. (laughs) And so most of what I've run into just comes down to common sense with the city of Concord. And whether that be when we were opening our location uh, there at the Hop Grenade or doing these uh, festivals that we do in the park, it's a very common sense place to to work and do business. And I guess that that sounds obvious to some, but that is really not the case in almost every other city I've ever worked in. So. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, especially uh, you know how long we've been doing this thirteen years, and and almost every brewery that we've had on the show has had some sort of pushback from the city that they're in, whether it's oh, yeah. regulations for water or, or I don't know, I I don't have a head for that kind of stuff, but it it, it sounds like and maybe you guys from Epidemic can can chime in. They were pretty easy to. 
to work with. They there's there's they want to solve the problem. It, it, to me, it doesn't seem like a lot of people in the city, not city of Concord, but the city wherever you know Main Street USA. Um, they don't want to do any work. Well, yeah, I do remember when we first opened, we went to the planning commission meetings and the city council meetings, and people were coming to me from the city saying, we want you to open. Like, what can we do to help you? And we're like, <laughs> what? You know, we didn't really expect that at all. And right. I do remember meeting with Justin. I don't know if he remembers, but it was, you know, right after you guys opened here and mm. um, yeah. just talking to him about, like, the, you know, some of the pitfalls that he had. And he said, you know, the city was great. Yeah. It was the other things like, you know, maybe ABC or the county or something like that. But he did say the city is like 100 percent behind us. And that's what we found. I mean, as I said, people were coming to us and saying, how can we help you? And they were helping us every step of the way through our whole process, which was awesome because being a new business owner, we didn't really know what to expect. But right. Um, but they did say, like, you know, you need to get this signature and this signature and sign off here. And they just kind of walked us through the whole process and make it really easy for for us. So it was great. And I just wanted to add one more thing, too, is, you know, the support can be really easy to be done while it, the business is opening. But the city of Concord takes it a step further along with Concord Vibe, and we help them the entire time they're in the city of Concord. Okay. So once you're a business in Concord, you are now, you're now part of the family. And, 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 you know, maybe Holly and Aaron can expand on that because, you know, I've been there every milestone of theirs helping them through every first year anniversary, second year anniversary, and I hope I, to be there for the 20th anniversary. So really, we really take a lot of pride in our businesses in our community, and we really mm-hmm. look out for them. And, you know, I'd like to say that their success is, you know, attributed to some of our support as well, too. Is it just because they make beer or? <laughs> they are does really like... nice to me, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> does, the, does the dog grooming place get this? No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it doesn't hurt. I'm no, sure, no, and, yeah. and, and, and you know, obviously, craft beer is is something that brings a lot of people together. It's big now, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I always like to say, you know, I am very uh, San Diego proud. I came, <laughs> I come from the mecca of craft beer. I like to say, yeah. Um, and so I brought a little bit that a little bit of that with me, and a little bit of that flavor, and I really wanted to uh, help promote that here because I I saw an opportunity with what Justin was doing here at the Hop Grenade and the Brewing Network and what Aaron and Holly and the rest of the team were doing at the Hop, at Epidemic Gales. Mm-hmm. And I saw that opportunity. So I think between all of us, we've been seizing that opportunity together, and that's really what's made the magic. That sounds yes. great. So I have to get going. I've got a beer getting warm. But what I'm most excited about is this Oktoberfest and, and this beer. So I hope that Sean gives you guys a good rundown of, of how they did the beer. Um, and Hey, Sean, I, I, it might not be a high point, but I'm just going to say my, my listeners love to hear about when things go wrong. So if there's anything you want to talk about with how this beer got made, um, you know, it's a learning experience for everybody involved. And, uh, I know our listeners love that, but I'm super excited to try this beer and I want to thank you guys for making the official Oktoberfest dunkless. I'm excited. We're excited too. Can't wait. Conquer vibe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Jay. I'll be back in uh, in a couple weeks. I got to get through the Great American Beer Festival here. Wish me luck, JP, and my liver. Um, I don't think you but, need luck. I think it just drains. I don't think you have a liver anymore. I think it just goes from your stomach to a bag in your ankle. Like that's how I would do it. And you stay. Uh, you don't. <laughs> You know what I did this year, though, uh, just because I've been doing this a long time and I know myself, like I'd go, oh, hey, just like, you know, relax a little when you go into this. But that never happens. Yeah. Uh, 
I read an article the other day where this writer from like men's journal or something had tested all of these hangover medication cures <laughs> yeah. and, and a bunch of liver pills. And I ordered like four different products to stack the deck. <laughs> so you're just going to do all four in the morning. Yeah. So Bevo, if I'm a little more uh, alert and, and uh, aware of my surroundings every morning at GABF this year, you'll know these, um, you know, random like Chinese herbal supplements I got are working. Chinese herbal supplements. <laughs> so if they do work, you're not going to use it as an excuse to stay up later and then feel the same. You know the next I will. Day. That's probably exactly what I'll do. Yeah, I, th- um, I think we'll, what we should do is come up with a, a, a chart for Bev, and then she will, on, on a scale every morning, grade how bushy-tailed and bright-eyed you actually are, um, and then we can take the meat and you know at least at least figure out which of the products. Um, that she can attribute it yeah. to, or I'm, you I'm might get cancer. To engage in this experiment. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. terrible. I mean, you might. I can report. I can then report back when I'm back on the show and be like, "All right, guys, this one totally worked." Because some of it's expensive, like thirty-five bucks a jar. Jeez, Whoa, dude. Uh, I know. Or you could just. So drink I was less. like, look. If I spend a hundred dollars and I feel better, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could, uh, you know. There's also restraint is the cheapest hangover <laughs> yeah, cure, Justin. Go home at two o'clock instead I know, of five o'clock. But yeah. Everybody knows that that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Are so. they, you know what I would do is if you if you um, if you find one that you really like, you should send it to a lab to get tested <laughs> just to see yeah. what's in it because there might be like cockroach grindings and you know who knows all this stuff. <laughs> but if that works. Yeah, yeah, it works. I have a feeling if anybody, Damn, a good point. if any of them work and we get them tested, they'll, they'll find out that they have like cocaine in them. <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. Co- cocaine uh, and plutonium, like red, better. like yellow plutonium cake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is it. so shorten my life even further. But I feel great after a hangover. Hey, that's why they call it a half life, I guess. I don't know. That's right. All right. Well, so good I'll luck. report back on how all that's working. And uh, thanks again to uh, Pedro and uh, Epidemic. There, thanks everybody. Thanks, All right. Justin. Bye, Justin. dude. Justin. Chinese herbs. <laughs> so he got tea. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, you know. I got this green tea. Yeah. Well, Chinese is more uh, oxidized, so it's typically more of a black or like a red tea. Oh, okay. Not an oolong? I, no, yeah, That's that, the other tea I know. Oolong, yeah. Okay, it's oxidized. Yeah. I, man, some of the things you don't know, Warren, it, it really boggles my mind. Yeah, I've made it this far. <laughs> Really. You know the Twitter game? I do let's have the do Twitter the, game. Let's do the Twitter game. I'll tell you what, Let's do the Twitter game. Let's do this right. We'll take a break. Um, we can let Pedro get back to his drinking. And then uh, we'll taste some beers from Epidemic. We'll talk to them about uh, how they came to be, about their homebrewing past. Yes. Uh, a little Kickstarter stuff here, which I think is kind of cool. And then um, we'll drink more beer. Let's so are we that. doing the Twitter game now? Yes. Oh, okay. And the uh, Twitter game is brought to us by... Did we, did we say that already? I don't remember. The Twitter game is brought... I have some papers. Yeah, we, paper just, we machine. need to pepper in these live reads and the other ads. Uh, the Twitter game is brought to you by um, craftbeer.com here, everybody. Dedicated to telling the stories behind America's small and independent breweries. Meet the men and women behind America's beer renaissance. Visit craftbeer.com. So we've been talking about it. Oktoberfest is coming up very, very quickly. Yes. Um, and we all were very intrigued in getting our own uh, Lederhosen last week. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Lederhosen. Okay, sure, that. Okay. Um, and so 
you especially were very interested in getting your own pair of leather shorts. <laughs> yeah, um, well. And, and uh, a second pair of leather shorts. Oh, second. Let's be, let's be very oh, clear okay. about that. <laughs> They're first pair that you can wear outside. Thank you. Yes. Um, so you are what I would call a fashionable person. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Um, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I should show you my shoes. I got new shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, good. And so you wouldn't obviously just wear plain, boring leather shorts. No. And so they, they typically can come with some pretty fancy, ornate designs. And so I want to know... If anybody can come up with a great idea for what you should get oh. uh, your later hosen decorated with. See, you know, the thing about you is you know that I like to talk about myself more than anything else. So this makes right. me feel good. And I figured you wouldn't change the Twitter game if it was about you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So what would I get? I'll write it at the break. Yeah. I'll write it at the break. But what what uh, what kind of decorations would you get on your later on my later hosen? Yeah. I don't know if I can if I can read some of the responses I'm probably going to get. I think they're going to be a little Bevel blue. Read them. <laughs> Bevel read them. Bevel read them. All right. Okay. Well, God bless. I think yeah. that's a good one, Warren. I think this is maybe, potentially, possibly, your first good Twitter game. Wow. Yeah. And I'm going to give a beer recipe at the end of the show? Yeah. I better start getting paid for all this work. <laughs> Remains to be seen. All right, everybody. It's this session. Hang on. We'll be right back with Epidemic Ales from Concord, California. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and a home brewer's answer book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the brewingnetwork.com. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all green brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. This is Corey King from Side Project Brewing, and you're listening to the session on the Brewing Network. 
Thanks for sticking around, everybody. About to get uh, into these epidemic ales, but first, don't forget, More Beer has teamed up with the great John Palmer to make 27 beer kits based on the recipes found in Brewing Classic Styles, written by John Palmer and someone called Jamil Zanishev. I still need to figure out who that guy is. Oh, he's the host of Love Strong. Oh. <laughs> Never heard it. Uh, the kits are true to style and are all within BJCP guidelines, enabling them to be easily entered into any upcoming competition. Buy two kits and get fast and free shipping from more beer. Bev's trying to sabotage wow, me. Wow, look at with, that. I know. She's putting glasses all over my, my papers. She knows that I need everything perfect. I need everything to run smooth. And so she doesn't oh, set hey, you Beth. up for that. How are you? <laughs> How are you doing? You snuck up on me right there. <laughs> All right. We have the people from Epidemic Ales in studio here. We have Sean, Holly, and Aaron. Sean, you are the brewer, the head brewer, right? And then Holly and Aaron are co-owners. Yep. All right. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. Everyone doing all right? Yes. Very good. All right. No problem. Thanks for coming in. I'm excited to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about the collaboration beer, of course, like we talked about with uh, Jay and Pedro. We have some beers here. Uh, Bev is loudly pouring water right next to me. <laughs> mm, I can't wait for that water. Yeah. It sounds so nice. Oh, man, it really does. Hey, Mikey, got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. uh, but first, I want to talk a little bit about your story, because I think it's really interesting. You guys were home brewers. Um, and you went professional, which to me is already interesting. Uh, you know what I mean? But... The kind of path you took, I think, is pretty cool, too. When, how long had you been homebrewing uh, before you decided that you wanted to purdue, or pursue this as a, as a career? We were probably homebrewing about five years. We used to get together in our backyard. So my husband and I live in Concord. We've lived here about uh, 18 years. So we used to get together and homebrew in our backyard and, okay. you know, have our dogs there. We'd barbecue, you know, have a great old time. Yeah, like, it sounds like, like most, the life. Most homebrewers do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we just kept... Amassing more and more equipment, as I'm sure a lot of people can understand. <laughs> yep. It pretty much took over our backyard, our garage, our office. You know, everything was just beer and homebrewing and kegerators and fermenters. And so we kind of got together and decided, like, well, do we want to try and take this to the next level? Yeah. Which I think a lot of people think about. And we actually, you know, got together and pulled our money and pulled our funds and even did a Kickstarter. And um, we were able to open in uh, December of 2015. Okay, very cool. And I think I saw on your Kickstarter there was a, a, a bet or there was some sort of uh, competition internally between you and your friends. There was a bet, yes. What happened there? Just get right on that microphone. Sorry, it's a little finicky there. Um, let's see. I went way, way, way back to a Mr. Beer kit. Oh, hell yeah. I, my husband got as a Christmas present, and it was in the closet forever. And I brought it out one day, and I brewed it, and I was so careful. And the beer came out, and I was just like, there's got to be more to this. It's got to be better. Because it was so good. Oh, yes. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so perfect. That, uh, the Mr. Extract. Beer Kit in aging yeah. finely, yes. nicely. Cellaring in the closet. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Uh-huh. Makes me want to do the chef kiss. It's so perfect. They just can't. Warm. Um, so, concrete. Yeah. <laughs> so already you, you, you knew that that wasn't really. I knew there had to be more to it because yeah. I grew up in San Diego, which is all about craft beer. And coming up here, I wanted to bring a little more of that slice of San Diego up here where you find in an industrial area, you're going to see 10 breweries. You're going to see a brewery across the street, a brewery next door. And I think that Concord definitely has the the spirit and it has the openness and it has the city behind it to open these businesses. Yeah. So you, so, you welcome it. You welcome more oh, breweries, the better. 
So we were just located just down the street from Black Diamond for yeah. the first two years. And now with them not being there anymore, we're looking to make a um, Concord Brewery Row. Mm. Yeah, so we're, we're not located okay. downtown. We're located in the industrial area. Yeah. And we're looking to have a brewery, like I said, across the street from us. And then uh, let's let's say another interesting brewery, like a gluten-free brewery down the street or even a winery down the street. Because I always say to somebody who says, well, are you glad to be the only brewery here in town? Of course I am. But I would love to have three, four more breweries because it's just like wine tasting. You don't go to Napa to go to one winery and say that was good and go home. Yeah. You're going to try all the different beers, the different styles and meet the people. Mm-hmm. Try the different, all the different things that beer can can offer. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's not. It's not competition. That's kind of what we hear, no. just kind of across the board. You know. Anyways, it's not competition. It's like family. But mm-hmm. uh, I think to, if you, especially in the light industrial areas, you can have a couple of breweries and you can have parties. You can have joint parties. Of course. I think that'd be cool. Of course. Bless you, Beverly. Yeah. Once you have another brewery, then when people talk about the two breweries in Concord, you could be the good one. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, or the other one. Yeah. yeah, or the other one. I like it. So uh, let's talk about the Kickstarter real fast. Why Kickstarter? Um, I mean, we just, it was one of those things where obviously when you're starting out, you want to try and start out with as much funding, funding as you can. And yeah. we did fund everything ourselves, but we thought, you know, it would be good to have a little bit extra so that we can get the brewing equipment we wanted. We wanted to start with a 10-barrel system. So oh, wow. we pretty okay. much Jeez. did all of our research. Like, we can't go any smaller than 10 barrels. So No, and, and that, that the choice shows that you guys did your research because, you know, we got a lot of people, oh, well, I'm going to start with a one-barrel or a three-barrel. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, you can, but you, then you, can. you know you're going to have to upgrade within a couple of years, oh, absolutely. maybe a year, and then yeah. what do you do with your old system? So right. we just kind of figured, well, this will help us out, and mm-hmm. we did have a lot of friends that, that participated and some people we didn't know that participated, which was great. So, um, And that kind of put us over the little hump, and we were able to start and you know, buy all the equipment we needed and get the 10-barrel system and all of our fermenters and bright tanks. And That's great. Um, yeah, we were able to – we set up our equipment, and we were brewing within, I think, two months – and uh, we were able to open with, I believe we opened with four or five beers, mm-hmm. um, one of them being a barrel-aged beer, because we set up our equipment, we were brewing, and then we set up our tap room. We opened that about six months later. So Sure. Okay. We, we did our research, too. We were going to Sacramento. We were going to San Diego. We were, we were asking everyone, what is our best investment as far as money and time? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go and talk to somebody who's brewing um, one, two, three barrel batches and you talk to them how tired they are brewing, <laughs> you know, yeah, triple dude. batch days. Mm-hmm. So we thought, you know, at first we thought three and then we thought seven and mm-hmm. then we just thought 10 is going to be the best bet for us. Yeah. And that's been great. But we're starting to sell out of our beers, sure. um, a 10 barrel batch in one week. So we just bought two new 20 barrel fermenters that are up and running right now. Wow. Right. So you guys are just pedal to the metal. No pun intended. Yes, yes of course. All right. I love it. I love it. Do you see any challenges as far as growing? Uh, I don't say growing too fast, but but just in growing in in general. I mean, you're you're relatively new. Are you anticipating any sort of challenges with, challenges with that, or 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 have people been so um, into the beers and supporting the brewery that it there's there's just you you need this you see what i'm saying you're not you're yeah, not planning I mean, to grow like you you, you need to grow yeah I think we've okay. seen all the problems and been through the problems so it's been two years yeah. we've been doing all of these things ourselves as as co-owners of the brewery we brew we work the tap room that's how customers know us when they see us down walking down the street and conquer see us here and um hop grenade they're gonna cheers us because 
we've put in all this work and all this time. Right, right. So that was all of our funds that we brought personally brought together, and we, we've been watching, um, trying to get together a team that we're looking for, which is part of why we have our new brewer for the last six months, Sean Hammer, formerly of EJ Fair. And then we just brought in a great new sales guy, Chris Shelby, formerly of Gilman, and mm-hmm. we're as a team. So it was we built this team really carefully, and we built our business really carefully. Yeah. So they say, you know, brewing is all about sanitization, but it's also about finances. So we have this amazing <laughs> yeah. finance guy. Dude, Brian, for sure. Yes, yeah. It is. Oh, wait, it's also a business. Yeah. It is. That might be the it's most. not all fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that might be the most important key ingredient <laughs> in a brewery is finances. Okay. Definitely. Finances so. in order. <laughs> it was that a surprise? Yes. How, how much money you would need, not just to start up, but to continue just to operate? To grow and to. I think it's what's the most interesting about all this is that what you can you can't afford not to invest in it. Oh. So mm-hmm. right now is the best time that if you're going to buy a tank. You're going to you got to put that in there. If you're going to buy a canning line, that's the best thing to afford right now because look at all the sales in canning. Yeah, cans are, are amazing right now. Twenty first Amendment. I know they they're doing eighty percent canning and twenty percent keg sale right now. So that's really I think that's you're, important to research your funds for those kinds of things. Yeah. And we have um, 5,000 square feet, and the front is the tap room, and the back is the brewery. So we're, we're invested in, in Concord, and, and we have a crawler machine. We, um, we have uh, local food trucks on Fridays and Saturdays, family-friendly, dog-friendly. So we're trying to put a little bit of us in Concord and the business and, mm-hmm. beer and bringing in great beers to the scene and just having something for everybody. So, I mean, it, it sounds like you guys are planning for the future, not just a couple years in advance, but five, ten years in advance with the 20 barrel thing and the yes. crowler machine and, and you know because i think a lot of breweries who have been open for as a, a, lo- a short amount of time as you mm-hmm. guys have i don't think you would see these kind of advancements i don't think you would see this kind of forethought put into or maybe the willingness to expand this big because i think in the notes it was like what's like a 67 percent expansion with yes. those two tanks two i don't think anybody would 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 think about it and i think down the road they're going to incur more costs mm-hmm. which is what you were saying Holly, that it's uh-huh. part, that's a huge part of, part of, of running this. Right. So yes. if you can manage your money and you can manage your funds and you can manage your growth properly, it sounds yes. like, then why not just do it up front and yes. save everybody a headache, right? Yes. I mean... I'm smart, Warren. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of fermenters are sort of unique in a way. If you have the infrastructure for a fermenter, like the glycol and the space and... Uh, the pad and all that stuff, where it doesn't cost a lot to put it in. Yeah, you can make beer in that thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. At at ten barrel, twenty barrels, you can make beer in it three times and almost pay for the vessel, right? Almost, for, almost. Right? Uh-huh. Or, I go uh, bigger ones, like thirty, sixty, hundreds. Sure, maybe once or twice. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you don't, because you're saying you don't have to lay the pad. Yeah, the like you, the money you make if you don't have a big infrastructure investment. Yeah. The money you 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 uh, make on the beer that you, the additional beer that you make. We'll pay for the best. So like what like what Roger did at Faction, right? Where he poured a longer pad than he needed. Yeah, he's got room for more. Mm-hmm. And he put the glycol system bigger than he needed. Right. So it you don't have to then pay somebody. Because you imagine like you're upgrading your tanks. Now you have to pay somebody to come back out and pour a bigger pad. And, and that's maybe a lot of the cause. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, I'm, I'm just saying that. Or the, did I the, muddy up uh, what the, you were trying the, to say? My main point is. You're so smart. The additional James. beer that you make will pay for the, the fermenter pretty quickly. Yeah. Because yeah, fermenters are, as they go. Especially if they, you know, you get a little bit taller. Just adding another band of, uh, of volume to the a fermenter. Most yeah. of the cost is the fittings and you know, go in the top, the bottom. And, For sure. And the shipping. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys doing all the plumbing and electrical and all that kind of stuff yourselves? Of course. Yeah. I mean, we, we do what we can. Of course, we call in um, 
professionals to do all like the the safety stuff for us. But we are a hundred and hundred percent invested in everything we do there, which is why you'll see me work on the sales team with the sales guy. You'll see me deliver beer if it's local in town. So I think it's good as a, a business owner. Aaron and I we know um, intimately everything that goes into brewing. We know about yeah. writing a recipe. We know about how long it takes to clean after you finish the 10-barrel oh, batch. Oh, God, right? Jeez. <laughs> we know about opening and closing the tap room. We know about um, hiring employees. We know about the insurance coverage you're going to need. And we know how to grow. So I think that's really all important. All the fun stuff, like yes. insurance and finances. Yes. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh-huh. So you actually pay people to do things safely at your brewery. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. What are you trying to say, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a rarity. Yeah. Um, let's talk about home brewing real fast. Sure. Um, were you guys? Uh, did you put any investment into your home brewing rig? Uh, were you? What were you home brewing on? Like on stovetop or what? We kind of. My husband uh, kind of fashioned this this vessel that worked fairly well. We had a one barrel system. That was our largest system that we were home brewing on. You were home brewing on a one barrel yes. system. Yep. Damn. That's why it was like, really, are we gonna <laughs> yeah. just keep doing this, or are we gonna, <laughs> you know, expand? Okay. So, um, yeah, so we have, we still have it. It's our pilot brew system that we use. So. Oh, it is. All uh, right. Yeah. So we still have it, which is great that we can still use it. Um, nice. So, yeah, that's that's what we ended up with before we went to the 10 barrel. So. Okay. And, and of you... course, it's all more beer. Everything is there. So oh, we, really? We spent yes. a lot of money at more beer. A lot of time, <laughs> a lot of money at more beer. In fact, um, we used to go there and we'd pick out our homebrew batch, you know, um, way back in the day, an extract batch. Yeah. And then we would go next door and drink beers at Ale Industries when it was right there on the corner. Oh, that's right. Morgan and Steve. And Morgan and Steve. And we were right. like, Morgan and Steve, uh, what, do you like owning a brewery? Do you open your, open your brewery? And they're like, you should do it. And we're like, damn you guys. <laughs> Uh, that's so like having fault. kids. Yeah. yeah, you should do it. It's yeah, sure. Right. I, I love it. Yeah. I love myself. But I got one. You should have one too. Yeah. I love it. Do you love it? Do you guys love it? We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah? we do. Still we do. having a good that's time? That's why we're there, I mean, pretty much seven days a week. Okay. Not because mm-hmm. you have to, because you want to be. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're really proud about what we do and good. the beers that we make and yeah. the people that we make happy. And it's just, it's get a lot of good out of it. Awesome. Now, one thing we skipped over, which I, probably, probably people should know about, is the fact that you are three couples. I mean, we're only looking at a third of the of the ownership here tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what does everybody else do? Everybody else has their full time jobs. Okay. So, and, and um, everybody else, you guys don't have full time jobs, or you? Do? I actually currently do. So, I okay. I kind of have. I say I have, I have two full time jobs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. But this is my fun job. Like I get to. On the weekends, I get to work the tap room and drink beer and talk Which to you customers. Actually, and look events. forward to. Cool. So yeah, but nice. I like my other job too. So great. Um, but yeah, so Holly's really like our main, our main day to day operations. I oversee person. all operations. Yeah. Cool. And I do marketing and I work on the sales team part time also. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Keep it interesting. <laughs> right. Right. Not just one thing. Everything. You would never do that. Yes. No. <laughs> Sean, let's talk to you, dude. It's your turn. All right. How you, <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. How you doing, man? Oh, uh, doing well. Yeah. Um, you coming from a homebrew background, or how did you get involved with the uh, epidemic here? Yeah, actually, uh, so I originally started by looking for another job, um, and uh, my mother mentioned uh, some family friends in Dublin that owned a homebrew supply store, and mm-hmm. potentially just go see inquire for a job. Yeah, um, turns out they became like second parents to me, uh, taught me pretty much everything, and that's. So shout out to HopTech, Humber Supplies. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, Jamie yeah. Beerto. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Great people. Um, so, yeah, from there, uh, I actually met Holly 
um, was I was milling and uh, pulling hops and doing all that for their pilot batches before they were even a full production brewery. Yeah. Um, and from there, uh, met their nephew, Josh Cobb, and he actually got me into EJ Fair so much later. Okay. Um, then was over there for two and a half years, and then these guys picked me up. Nice. Yeah. So um, I constantly do home brewing. Uh, got a four-tap kegerator home at <laughs> seems to want to be full but can never keep up with the new <laughs> right. age um but yeah uh right now i'm uh on a uh uh 10 gallon system so doing at about home like yeah okay turning around about like six gallon batches at a time that's not bad yeah doing some uh just fun stuff stuff you don't do at the brewery or, or kind of planning for stuff to make of the brew for future batches and stuff. Uh, more just kind of fun stuff. Okay. Um, well, you love brewing then, yeah. dude. That's how you know a good brewer. Jeez. He's at home, home yeah. brewing, yeah. growing his own hops. Uh, uh, Jade even said it like uh, my buddy Taylor and I, because um, I started with um, two of my friends, Taylor and Cody. Yeah. Um, and we even like one time like went down there, got to the shop a little bit later, uh we're like trying out like a new decoction method and like coming back home and she was just like, Man, you guys love torture, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, part of the being brewer. <laughs> that's part of that's exactly right. That's exactly right, man. And but that's the way to do it. Right? That's the yeah. only way to learn is by doing it and by torching yourself and burning yourself and cutting yourself on <laughs> fittings and oh, all that yeah. kind of stuff, man. Uh, especially working in like tight spaces, like Yeah. Um yeah, just like all the tanks being stacked together. <laughs> it's tight it squeeze. Tough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. You get stuck back there. You're like, oh, help me. I need to, I need help. Get the butter. I need to be uh, shot out of here. <laughs> Luckily, not yet. <laughs> what kind of beers do you like brewing normally? If you could brew your favorite style of beer right now, what would it be? Oh, uh, that's a hard one. Um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't have an answer either, so don't worry about it. What's, what's on tap at your house that you made? Uh... Don't overwrite my question. How dare you? He answered yours. He said it's a hard one, so I gave well, him an easier one. He's thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna turn Warren off here. <laughs> Answer my question first, and then and then maybe Warren's question second. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, favorite to brew, um, probably like a good hoppy pale ale. Um, Hell yeah. I just enjoy more like the simplicity of it, as well as uh, you know having a little bit of hop backbone. Uh, yeah, I, you uh, were, we were talking on the show a little bit there. about about uh, pale ales, and there's not a lot of them. There's yeah. not a lot of them anymore. So I like the fact that uh, you know brewers making um, popular beer stuff. Is that my phone? Jesus Christ, I'm stupid. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I was like, I was like, whose who's phone is whose phone is on? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Was it mine this time? It's going to be oh, amazing. Yeah, it was mine. We we'll run a pretty tight ship. Around <laughs> well, we're what we call prepared. <laughs> Knuckle crack, <laughs> chef kiss. Mwah! It's perfection. Yeah. Twirl the mustache. Um, well, look, Sean, I'm going to let you off the hook, man. Let's drink some beers. How about that? What Let's about do that, that instead of talk about Let's it. Let's do this. No worries. So what are we drinking first? Zombrew IPA. Zombrew yeah. IPA. Tell me about this beer, Sean. All right. I'm going to uh, put you back on the spot. Uh, you grabbed the wrong one. I grabbed the wrong Okay, jeez. That would be the number. Yeah. That would be Beverly, our lovely producer. <laughs> oh, wait, uh, you want to grab left to right? <laughs> 
Well, you know, it's like a book, but in Japan. <laughs> yeah. So it's just different. Up and down. Uh, go ahead, Sean. Sorry. Tell me about uh, Zombrew IPA, please. You got it. Uh, so Zombrew IPAs are a staple uh, flagship beer. It's our take on the West Coast style IPA. Yeah. Um, loaded with uh, Centennial, um, Columbus, uh, Centennial, Columbus, Cascade. All the traditional, the basic, uh, yeah, yeah. okay, uh, and then classic, yeah, classic, classic West Coast, right? Um, then to round it out, we hit it with Citra Mosaic Simcoe Dry Hop, so it just uh, really gives you like that, like really piney, dank um, note at first, and then mm-hmm. has that nice uh, floral kind of almost like kind of fruit citrus finish, yep. On it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was this a, a homebrew? Yes. This is. A homebrew recipe? Yep. Okay. One of our earliest ones. All right. And we love the name. We actually trademarked it because yes. we love it so much. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. You got to protect yourself these days. Yeah, I, you got to protect yourself. I wrote the yourself. original recipe. And I, when we brought Sean in, I thought I said, I need a little help pulling these things back and dialing in the right hops, getting the right flavor. And, and then I needed somebody with the experience to tell me that, you know, there's one too many hops in here. Let's pull this back. Let's uh, let's instead of balancing all these things, let's do um, a one session dry hop instead of two. And okay. Let's see how that goes. Which so and that's what you did, Sean. You helped you he helped did. kind of condense he, it a little bit he and, did. Yeah. and streamline it. Originally, when I came in, I felt Zombra was uh, actually a bit muddled. Um, just they had so much different hops in different places. It was like I couldn't really tell what I was drinking almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than it was an IPA, <laughs> you want you want you want but, the subtlety a little bit because you want to be able to because you have a lot of distinct hops in there and you want to be able to read them essentially. Yeah. Right. Uh, See, Warren, I'm like back to Japanese being, book. I'm, I'm back to being smart. <laughs> <laughs> so really, the most changes I've done uh, besides added a little bit of acidulated for pH balance was take out uh, the Chinook hops out of it. Okay. Um, just because. Like I said, it, it just felt a little too muddled at sure. first. Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, honestly, I mean that's that's what I think any home brewer would be doing with their IPA. Sure, mm-hmm. whirlpool, which is clearly what happens, right? <laughs> yeah, throw it I mean, all in there. That's what I still do that with, like my stouts and just any beers that I brew. Mm-hmm. It's like I I have to fight that urge to not just put a bunch of stuff that I really enjoy in it. Sure, like um, cocoa nibs and lactose. You know what, Warren? <laughs> right, Warren's microphone is broken. Apparently, <laughs> I can't help it. I don't know what's wrong. I can't fix it. Um, well, I like it. I think it is very uh, clear and, and straightforward. Straightforward IPA, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think you did a good job. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you pretty much described it. <laughs> no, Warren, sorry your mic's off, dude. It's still off. There you go. I fixed it. I that fixed was for it. real. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't fucking joke around, wow, okay. Fine. First thing I noticed was the aroma. It has a great, great nose. The dry hopping's working really well. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. So that was Simcoe, Citra, and uh, Mosaic? Yes. No? Mm-hmm. Centennial? Uh, not on the dry hop. Not on the dry, dry hop. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't and, hear and, the first uh, question. Yeah. The Columbus is for bittering and then the uh, on um, the hot side? Or, or? Yeah. So we got, um, so we, actually, so we have Warrior for a um, 60-minute bittering. Mm-hmm. Um, Columbus at your 30-minute addition oh. for a little bit of bitter, uh, more like aroma. And then well, we finished it off with Simcoe Centennial um, in the Whirlpool. Okay. And then. Then that's when, after the dry hop, comes to round it out with the Citra Mosaic Simcoe. 
I like it. Yeah, we like to say it gives a, a little bite, something you can sink your teeth into, since this is zombie style beer. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. So it's like a three malt beer, beer or four, like a, you said acidulated. What, what other? Yeah, so it obviously has some crystal or some color malt. Yeah. So uh, we actually use um, about three percent C fifteen in it, just for a little bit of coloring. Sure. Um, uh, some carapils and torrified wheat for body. Uh, the main base mold is just two row and then uh, some Vienna. Which I appreciate the, the body malts taste. You know, you, 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 you know, mentioned it and asked about it. Because um, a lot of West Coast IPAs to me are just, they're very thin. And it's almost like they're just two row and then that's, and then some hops and then that's it. And I don't, that's yeah. not my, I don't like that personally. I mean, I don't drink a lot of IPAs, but uh, when I do, I want to taste it. I want to taste the malt. Definitely. Um, and coming from, uh, a home brewing background too. Uh, just uh, growing up in hop tech, pretty much. Yeah. They taught me to you know expand taste pretty much all my malts, all the, my different hops, and from there I've really um, pretty much fell in love with like C15, C40, mm-hmm. um, good carapils, and like as a backbone. And, yeah. Uh, kind of found out I'm basically. Either making original ruination or Pliny. <laughs> or a variation on one of those. Yeah. Hey, why not, man? Who cares? Let's go. Let's go starting points. Uh, what's the next yeah. beer we're going to have here? Affliction Amber. Affliction Amber. Okay. Yeah. This is actually my favorite of the beers. This is my your team. favorite. Yeah. I like the maltier beers. So. All right. I like the hoppy. We all have our likes in the brewery, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Favorites. Uh, was this another homebrew recipe as well? Yes, it is. Okay. All right. Oh, that's got a nice multi-character. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I like that. You don't see many amber ales. Yeah. What made you guys decide to go amber instead probably, of like a pale ale or whatever? Probably early on because, because of me. Yeah? Because <laughs> I, I really love amber ales. I love red ales. Um, but yeah, Sean has kind of like refined the recipe. You don't find too many a- red ales, much less good yeah, red ales. And I think make that's a really why. Yeah, we really good red ale as well. And oh, I love people, red ales. People ask about it and they really want those. I mean, not everybody wants an IPA or a stout. So. That's me. Yeah, that that's me. Yeah. I would be drinking red ales and amber ales all day long. But 70% of the people want an IPA. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's why you got to You should call this IPA. a red IPA, not an amber. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't go don't do that. Don't tell them that tasty. You're only messing with no. that one guy over there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the other 70% You're training other he, people. He drinks at home. So don't worry about yeah. it. He's not even in your what yeah, he's not even No, I'm movie. not even a target market. No, I drink at home. Absolutely. <laughs> I drink uh, rum. Safeway is now he gets it. <laughs> yeah, my favorite, my, my, the way I homebrew is I go to the store and I buy Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah. And you bring it home. And I bring it home and I drink it. <laughs> That's not entirely true. But I do, like, uh, going for, I do like going for an amber ale because I think the style has sort of been tainted by kind of bad microbrew. And I'm going to use that term because way back when, when microbrew was a thing and not craft beer, Yeah, I think people are still... Uh, concerned about maybe amber amber ale that seems kind of old school, uh, but this is a good beer. Yeah, it definitely is. And, it's and a really good beer. I think it kind of suffers the same way brown ale does when you just describe a beer by the color that it is. Yeah, there's so much that can go wrong. Well, unless it's hazy, <laughs> and then it can go right. right? And what color is it? It's yeah, just mud. <laughs> mud. It's my muddy IPA. Can you imagine that? <laughs> This is my sandy, muddy IPA. I feel like uh, ambers and reds just kind of co-inflict with each other. Um, yeah. Just uh, every now and then you go to order an amber or red off a tap, um, and it's usually the opposite. Oh, really? Like. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, 
the amber's like super malty probably and the and the red is yeah. maybe isn't or like just like the color wise and possibly like the hot profile on them yeah um you know generally your reds are a little bit you know darker uh have like more hot presence whereas like ambers are just really malt uh, or more mm-hmm. and so it just seems to be like that fine line and that's why i actually really like brewing this style too is uh it's that tricky balance between gold and brown that you want to hit right um, and like you know i don't want to get too deep to be a red don't want to get it too light to be gold but yeah you want to hit it right there. i think i think you did it and you know what yeah. you don't want it overwhelming you don't want a lot of crystal malt you don't want it heavy you don't want it sweet which i think kind of what i was saying amber ales used to be that way yeah mm-hmm. and and they definitely don't have to be and this is this is a good example of that it, it's it's not you can you can taste those malts and you can get a feel for them, but the hops are there to kind of clear it up, and it's but it's also not watery. Yeah, it has some it has some thickness to it. Yeah, this has a, definitely has a nice balance uh, between the bready flavors and the car- just a little bit of caramel, kind of like melanoidin flavor going on. Um, awesome. it, yeah, yeah, definitely not cloying, just very nice finish too. Yeah, and then, yeah. Uh, one, and the only thing I ever made changes to this recipe was. Dialed it from C ninety to C sixty. Okay, C ninety to C sixty. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, just and then just up. Uh, it was originally made with chocolate malt, so I kept that in there. Just up that, you know, a hair to yeah. dial that uh, drop back from the crystal malt. Okay, mm. so you're really trying to find a balance between everything. Yes. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the monster on the C sixty? This guy named Ted. Ted, Ted yeah. does it on the third shift over at uh, Breeze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is the brand on the uh, C60? Yeah. Uh, originally was Breeze, and then uh, uh, now it's Great Western. Oh, cool. Okay. Like a tasty, trying to get brand specific. Well, I mean, it matter. I mean, yeah. uh, obviously, hmm. I was, if it, he said, like, you know, C55, I'd go, like, well, it's obviously you know, English or something. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, well, I knew yeah. it was going to be domestic. It's good. I love Great Western. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah our primary house malt is Breeze. Um, we, that's our standard two row and a lot yeah. of our, uh, more base malts. And then I try to source out like, uh, more familiar ones that I'm used to like great Western and right. like the, uh, darker coloring malts. Okay. That sounds good to me. Um, I'll tell you what, let's take our last break. We're going to take our last break now. Tasty. Okay. The last of one of the show. The last one of the show. This will be our third break. Wow. What do you think okay. about that? It's gone by so fast. Well, I know, and it's kind of, you know, uh, blame Justin. He threw me off with the whole, like, I want to be on early, which is really three hours later or two hours later than here, so. I don't want to be there, but I want to be on the show. I don't want to be there, but I want to control what you do on the show is pretty much um, how that works. Uh, No, I'm kidding. But uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the uh, Oktoberfest beer, the Dunkel, the Dunkel. Yes. And then Warren has a recipe for us, too. Yeah. Speaking of Oktoberfest, here's an Oktoberfest recipe for you to brew next year because it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, if you want to if you want to be November ruled Fest. by time. Yeah. Noemberfest. Yeah. I mean, this beer is great no matter time what time is a time human year, concept. Yeah. dude. Don't worry about it. Don't let it control you. Brew whenever you want. Yeah. What are you celebrating harvest? With my Oktoberfest? I'm going to turn Warren off. Okay. Uh, before we get out of here, though, the brew guru. This episode is brought to you by the Brew Guru, the American Homebrewers Association, who makes the free Brew Guru mobile app. If you love brewing beer and saving money, which, let's be honest, if you're any kind of homebrewer, you love both of those, 
you need Brew Guru in your corner. The app offers a searchable database of homebrew recipes, including popular craft beer clones and hundreds of winning recipes from the National Homebrew Competition. What's more, Brew Guru has a searchable map of de- deals at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew shops. Grab the free Brew Guru app for iPhone and Android devices and follow the path to good beer. All right, we're going to come back and uh, talk about more good beer. We're going to taste a little bit of beer, too. We're going to be talking recipe formulation, a whole bunch of stuff. Hang on, everybody. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewer's edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Thanks for hanging on. Our third segment, we're about to drink some more beer. But first, the Branding Brews podcast is a deep look inside everything that revolves around branding and marketing a brewery. Branding Brews interviews industry professionals covering in-depth strategies and topics like labels, packaging, websites, social media content, trademark marketing, plus much more. Whether you're in sales and marketing, you own a brewery, or if you're looking to start a brewery, Branding Brews is a podcast for you. Go to brandingbrews.com or subscribe to the show wherever you like to get podcasts. I prefer them on the internet, personally. Um, so that's where I would go. So I shouldn't keep <clears throat> mailing them to you? <laughs> Here's a mixtape of my favorite podcasts. 
It'll take I three to four business days uh, to. Man, it's a good thing. I, I so we've been having like technical problems, right? Uh, where sometimes, Here? yeah, which is oh. weird. Uh, where sometimes like the archive service, oh right, stops, yeah, but doesn't tell you that it stops. It just decides to not accept any more audio, so you get sure. like a flat line. Yeah, right? why would it tell you? So then we've been doing a backup. Yeah, but for the past few shows I've been doing, okay, um, we haven't had any problems. Everything's been fine. <laughs> So I'm like, well, why do I need a fucking backup? It, it's it's just more work for me, and then more space on the computer. And I just I don't need to deal with it, so I'm not going to do it. Okay. And I was like, <clears throat> I'm just going to make a backup. I'm just going to do a backup real fast. So I go mm-hmm. to look and see how long we've been recording. And we have it on the archive. Uh, zero. It it not only stopped taking audio, but it actually literally stopped recording. Hmm. It just shut itself off. Did you hit record at the beginning of yeah. the show? Oh yeah, I did. The same time I hit on this one too. So uh, we have the show. Okay. Because you gave him a backup. I, I, yes, I just wanted to explain how uh, insight, foresight, how much foresight I well, had. Well, really, you just... Two out of two is good. Two, yeah, that's good. Thank you for following protocol instead yeah, of being lazy. No. You think that's what that was? Yeah, yeah because you, that's normal now to have the backup. Thank you for choosing to do what's normal. I didn't look at it like that. Oh. I looked at it completely You different. saved the day. You're so great. There Thank we you. go. Yes. Thank you, Jason. See, now, now. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Don't tell us we have to start over. Thank you. Yes, we actually get yeah. Pedro's ass back in here. <laughs> Tonight's um. session is brought to you by More Beer. <laughs> I'm the fine folks. Hey, blah, blah. Okay, we're back here with Epidemic Ales in the studio, and we have two more beers in front of us. Um, who wants to tell me about them? What's the first one? First one is a uh, Patient Zero Double IPA. Patient Zero Double IPA. All right. Was this uh, are, the, are all of these beers that we're tasting originally homebrew recipes? Um, not Patient Zero. Patient Zero, definitely not new. the Juicifer, which is the next one, which is okay. the Triple Berry Milkshake IPA. That okay, was definitely a new recipe. Uh, I appreciate the name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that style didn't exist. Uh, <laughs> You started the break. <laughs> right. Uh, what can you tell me about this? Uh, the, the double IP. It definitely smells very melon tropical mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. So, um, uh, double IPA, it's mainly made with um, Centennial, Amarillo, and um, Mosaic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it definitely attributes to a lot of that, like more melon kind of like fruit forward notes of yeah. it. And, um, it, it originally, uh, like, uh, originally it was just kind of like, it was an all malt beer. Mm-hmm. And I actually was talking to Tasty when he came in the tap room at one point, um, like about this. And, uh, he pointed out like how you get that, like original, like that back sweetness yeah. on just being all malt. Mm-hmm. So I've actually started recently drying it out more with some corn sugar mm-hmm. or yeah. dextrose and... Uh, it's definitely been improving, I feel like. Um, the old Pliny method? Yeah. <laughs> the original. <laughs> and so... Uh, and you like that improvement? You like that, that, that change to it? Yes. Yeah, all right. yeah I do. All right. Um, but yeah, so, uh, again, just classic West Coast. Um, has like that, uh, like you said, that melon. Yeah, what hops are in here? Uh, so we got Centennial, First Wart. Magnum bittering, um, and we do a ninety-minute boil on this one. Um, so, and then uh, some, uh, just some Cascade at uh, forty minutes. Um, Centennial thirty, 
Amarillo Mosaic 15, Amarillo Centennial Mosaic Whirlpool, and then uh, Heavy Hit of Amarillo Mosaic Dry Hop. Okay. So it's kind of, uh, I, I think your hop style seems a little more traditional, but then that mosaic kind of influence. Yeah. You think that's kind of accurate? You're, you're more of a traditionalist when it comes to hopping? Generally, yeah. yeah. I like to round it out throughout the brew. Um, when it comes to like our more you know new age hazy IPAs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I'll go you know like slight bittering addition, heavy whirlpool, heavy dry hop. Yeah. Um, but as far as like our West Coast, I want them to be hop forward and just kind of like rounded out throughout the boil. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I think you've achieved that for sure, Warren. What do you think? You probably drink more double IPAs than I do. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> Um, I definitely agree with uh, having a drier IPA. And uh, thank you. You're welcome. You're so smart. <laughs> um, and so adding dextrose definitely helps with that. Um, I do appreciate the Magnum bittering. I, I enjoy Magnum as a as a pretty neutral bittering hop, especially in IPAs, like West Coast IPAs, where you're kind of trying to just showcase the more delicate, fruity flavors of the hops. And I think that just helps add a very neutral bitterness and okay so i'm really enjoying that in this beer nice um yeah definitely uh i'm also a mosaic fan so having all that melon and everything <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> i'm unique in that i like mosaic that's yeah. right i've always said that about you yeah you're very unique yeah um so yeah i if this wasn't a double ipa i would drink more of it <laughs> One of that's the, probably true uh, first batches i actually made of this it was uh before the dextros uh, it was very heavy Amarillo, so it just came out like this honeydew melon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it kind of threw me off for a second because I was like, what is this? What did I do? This? Yeah. <laughs> but after that, yeah. But it, it works. It definitely works. Well, Yeah, I, w- I would drink a pale ale with this hop schedule, too, to yeah. be honest with you. I like that I like that flavor profile you got. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Your 30-minute um, edition, which I've done on another beer as well, I, I find that sort of unusual, but at the same time, I'm getting a lot of like... Uh, a hop body, and you know, by mm-hmm. layering the hops like that, you get a little bit more body in the beer that way. It tastes great. No, oh, and yeah. uh, as we're using the Centennial at thirty, is that what you said here? Uh, oh, Centennial at uh, no, you're hops. right, Centennial thirty. First word and thirty. Yes. So I want, that, that flavor is really coming through. I think. And then uh, yeah. whirlpool after yeah. that. Oh, well, it's fine. yeah, yeah. So you guys must have a lot of Centennial. <laughs> yeah. well, one of my contract. favorite hops, and they're good. Yeah. Ones. <laughs> and they're good yeah. ones, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like Centennial. Yeah. Uh, found out like. Um, just through home brewing, it was like favorite uh, parts were uh, Centennial hops, C15, and then uh, your basic two row. And it turned out to be the original ruination. I was like, oh, well, no wonder why I love all that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like you were born like 10 years like too late for, for like that peak, yeah. like everything Crystal Centennial. But yeah, uh, and that's kind of what I mean. Like you're you're more of a traditionalist. It, it seems like in your in your malt and your in your hopping schedule. Um, but I, I like that. And we've, we've been talking about it at least for the past couple of weeks on the show, Tasty, about palates, I think, are, are going that way. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, coming, we're coming back to that because no, no, we're, we're yeah. coming back down the We're land. so used to everything right. being super bone dry and tons of, and tons of hops, sure. uh, overwhelmingly so, that, I mean, people are shifting. People are shifting away. And I think this is kind of what they're pushing towards. What we find more is flavor. We, we like to drink beers that don't push back so much. They're easy. That right. They, they you know, want you to drink more, not less. Right, they're cool. They're cool once in a while. Yeah. Oh, they're great. Like this yeah. beer is you know, so dry. It's uh, it's easy drinking. 
I use the alcohol really well. Yeah. For the first time ever, we've come full circle <laughs> yeah. as, as a human race. A human? Yeah. As a human To live race. with the human. of a yeah. human race. Beep, boop, bop. That's Warren's pro, uh, prime objective running out. Uh, well, let's try, as much as I don't do the milkshake hazy beers, let's, let's move on to that one. This looks you can lighter talk to me about it. in appearance than what I would expect yeah, for a milkshake. I, I, would not, I would not guess that this was a hazy IPA. And I, I, for one, appreciate that. This is actually like a good-looking beer to me. Yeah. It's a little fruity in color. Yeah. It's a triple berry, so you're going to get cherry and raspberry and strawberry on it. Cherry, raspberry, oh. and so strawberry. Okay. You guys are definitely right on the right track of saying the um, traditional beers that we've been doing. We definitely have our traditional sides of our you see our ambers and mm-hmm. the, the IPA, yeah. which are our GBF entries this year. Oh, um, nice. We're super hey, excited. congrats. Thank you very much. We um, we entered and we're um, going on Wednesday. Okay. So well, we'll bring, be broadcasting that. And that we'll is great. We'll be listening to We'll you. be there drinking. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. We've got our uh, Nutty But Nice peanut butter stout and our Undead Red Imperial Red Ale. Awesome. Cool. So we brought this as a style, as a way for everyone to kind of see our pivot that we're doing. So with our new brewer and with our new investment in our tanks, we've gone a little bit off from the traditional side. Yeah. Where we've really nailed down the recipes to more of experimental. So just this summer, we've done a brute. We've done um, this series of juicer for milkshakes, different fruits, and cream ale. And then we just most recently brewed the Oktoberfest. Awesome. So uh, are you homebrewing these kind of beers? Sean, or are you learning on the brewery? More uh, just learning on the brewery. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, like I was saying, like traditionally, if I'm brewing homebrew, it's going to be like like a pale ale or something I'm testing out in like a blonde ale, like a new hop or new malt. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, but so you had to learn all of this. Yeah, you had to figure this all out. Yeah, uh, we actually. God bless you, because I <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. Uh, actually, coming from. Uh, EJ Fair, we just did a lot of more like hoppy beers. Yeah. So I wasn't actually allowed, uh, except for contracts, to play around with um, more like a uh, fruit or malt forward styles. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently, we're doing the Oktoberfest beer. So along with the uh, Dunkelbach, we're doing a uh, a Schwartz beer. And and this was my first ever Schwartz beer. So I got told like late at night the next day what I'm brewing. And so come in the next day, like, to just sit down for about a good hour or two just doing research and, uh, like, trying to see what makes a good Schwartz beer and Mm -hmm. what other people, like, either home brewers or professional brewers uh, are doing. Yeah. And just kind of base my recipe off of that. That's what you got to do. Well, the recipe called for a lager yeast, right? Yes. So I've already had. Do you have that? Oh, you had that? We had the pitch. We already had the lager yeast, so we knew we were going to make a lager. Oh, I see. You had the pitch first. We had the pitch. Oh, I see. Smart. And we had done the the dunkel in the morning morning before, and then we were going for a different style. So Sean and I have to go head to head on discussion for recipe, blow for blow, (laughs) about what he wants to do, what I want to do. Who won? And we talk about money, we talk about hops, we talk about everything. So, and we talk about success rate, and we talk about everything in the brewery. So, that's what I really want with my staff is to be involved. I like I want their input. Mm-hmm. I want um, to, their planning, and I want their help. And so we're all involved in this, just like we are as owners. I bring in the owners. Everybody has their say. I bring in my my people, and we all do this together. So we all grow together at the same time. That's good. Great. I like that. I like that. Well, that way you you know what's going on. I do. You don't have to wait to hear something in the wings, or or have a disgruntled employee, or have like an angry conversation. It's all just right up front. 
Oh, we can have that angry conversation. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They just happen sooner. But you don't have to. You're right. We can just have it in person instead of over text. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be great. I'm going to need to see you in my office. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the, um, the Dunkel then. Okay. Let's do that a little bit. Uh, how, did, uh, how did that project come about? How was that recipe formulated? Did you, you said you had to do a bunch of research for the Schwartz beer. Was that the same for the, for the Dunkel? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, originally when we came into it, we pitched, uh, doing a Doppelbach. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we threw around the Dunkel or Dunkel Weiss and just kind of like, you know, what could we make like a German lager style? Yeah. I mean, there's so many out there, but they're all very similar. Right. <laughs> right. Like, um, unless you're doing like a Pilsner, but, um, yeah. So when we actually got the Dunkelbach recipe and decided uh, this is what we're making. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took a little bit of research and I found like a lot of um, like award-winning home brewers were using um, what Munich 20. Uh, they were using some crystal malts like C90, C120 mm-hmm. and some chocolate malt. Sure. Yeah. Get those higher, those higher uh, crystal malts in there. Yes. Uh, so originally we were, uh, tied in with EJ Fairs for a second and we we're working with Justin Green and uh, he helped me like build the recipe up and uh, from there we went ahead brewed this this first batch um, and I you know kept going back and forth Munich 10 Munich 20 and I was like all right well uh, we just finally decided like let's do it a, a little over it was more like you know sixty forty percent Munich ten Munich twenty. Okay, a little little mix there. Yeah. All right. And uh, so and then we were like wanted to do all traditional style, uh, everything like that. And so we did a deco- single decoction mash, uh, you know, ninety minute uh, boil, and just going like the whole nine yards. Good. Was, yeah, that's great. Uh, ended up. Uh, I mean, maybe when it's it not. I don't came know. Came to uh, Vorloff. Yeah, the Munich Twenty basically acted as the crystal malt and just compacted that grain bed, <laughs> stuck mash. Oh no! Yeah, we're like sitting into like a two-hour water at like, um, you know, it's like, well, what do we do? It's already yeah. mashing for three hours now. There's going to be all these off flavors. Like, this isn't going to be the beer it should be. Uh-huh. Just getting really worried about it. You know, we're about like two barrels, three barrels in the kettle. And out of a 10-barrel system, so... Right. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Just the day was going to be long enough as it was. We didn't need that extra headache. Um, so we actually had to scrap that batch and start again the next morning. Oh, wow. Um, Jeez. We revised our recipe um, just as far as the technique of what we were going to do for it. We didn't actually change the recipe at all. Um, luckily, I had just enough Munich in house to do this. Okay. Another time. <laughs> yeah. Did you add rice holes the second time? Yes. Oh yeah. So yeah. We yeah. made sure to add rice holes. We did a, a single infusion mash, and uh, just did a ninety-minute uh, mash. Skipped four off, went straight to lauder. Mm-hmm. Uh, still came out pretty clear, and then from there, uh, ninety-minute boil. Beer turned out great. Got it in tank. Um, not, you know. Uh, originally when I was researching it, it was like, there's all these like really black, dark beers coming up and it yeah. was just like, that's kind of what threw me off originally. It was like, Are you sure you want to just do Munich 10 in this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, and then uh, did a little bit more research on it. I was like, okay, no, we can get away with this deep copper amber color, and still call it a dunkle. <laughs> yeah, it's a wide range, I think. Yeah. I yeah. think so too. Yeah, yeah. but we were right. pretty certain on the percentage and everything else, as far as how the beer goes. So we yeah. kept it to six percent for the Oktoberfest here in Concord. Great, that'll get them going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Justin was right. We, our listeners love uh, sharing mishaps. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, of yeah. course. Great. Do you think a, a three-hour mash would have been would have been too much? Uh, um, you saying as far as off flavors? Probably that... weren't hitting temperatures at that without circulation. So. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't not, know. but I'm not too sure. It just, yeah. well, it, the whole thing was it was because it was stuck, we couldn't really get it over. Get it out of there, yeah. Right. So it, we were just more worried of it extending to a five-hour mash or something yeah producing all those i see flavors. i see whereas yeah. you know we were already like uh you know two hours in and we're only two three barrels in the kettle got like, it this thing's not moving over i could keep, increase the pump percentage but it's not gonna do much no it's not i had a stuck mash watch once and i think i just tipped my system over and walked away like i just <laughs> I, I, I don't know i wouldn't know what to do either man yeah so you just didn't invite justin back for the next brew day that fixed everything. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. what I would have done too. Yeah. Well, and then bada of bada course bada we're going all this German theme, and then I had a uh, part-time intern at the time, and he comes in wearing a big uh, Canada shirt, and it was just like, "What are you doing, man?" <laughs> yeah, we he drinks us for <laughs> Yeah, he's throwing you off of this vibe, dude. Yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> well, uh, that sounds like a good beer. I mean, it, it sounds it's like it's right now. nice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So getting uh, ready. Yeah, uh, last I checked, it was just finishing fermentation, starting its lagering phase. And, All right, what's um, it fermenting at? Uh, so it originally started at 50 degrees, mm-hmm. ramped it up to 55 for its diacetyl rest. Nice. Um, had it sit there for you know, the past couple of days now, and uh, just going to start slowly lowering it back down. Um, okay, smart. Grab the yeast harvest off of it, and then finish its lagering. Nice. Things seem like you should have a a, a firkin in there so you can uh, have a celebratory oh, yeah, in the, the so You can have another yeah. actor yeah. or spray uh, beer on the mayor. That. Right. Yeah. Get the mayor good full of beer and stuff. Yeah, let Justin tap like, that. I'd set him up yes. so it absolutely failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pedro come in. Yeah. yeah. Pedro will do it. Give him a, yeah. A, yeah. A spigot with no hole in it. Just like, <laughs> right. Yeah. There's no valve to shut it off. Exactly. Yeah. Come out. Yeah. Either way, it'll come Set him out. up to sacrifice the Yeah. So we call this beer Holland Hyundai, so Hellhounds. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It's it fits a little right in. epidemic spin on it, and yeah. it's a little nod to um, we love uh, wiener dogs over at uh, the brewery. We have a little pack of three wiener dogs. So. Oh, nice. We have a, a new. Pack. Three, that would be fair. Yeah. 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 So we do. Um, we have a pale ale out right now called Squishy in the Wig, and that's another homebrew reference to our wiener dogs. Okay. Yeah. So if you come to the brewery, you'll see the wiener dog references. You might even see the wiener dogs over there. Nice. Yeah. That sounds cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I guess we did kind of gloss over the uh, the Jucifer, huh? You yeah, want to talk about that real fast? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, See, this is a series that you guys are doing. It is. Yes. So originally, uh, so we ended up getting a pallet of Oregon fruit in and uh, started experimenting, deciding what are we going to do with this? Yeah. Uh, the latest trend being hazy milkshake IPAs. Well, we'll decide to go that route. So, you know, did my research, what I could on it, and was like, okay, it's your standard hazy IPA, only just add lactose and some fruit to it. Yeah. And vanilla, and then you got, like, a milkshake. Right. So uh, we originally started out with a strawberry vanilla milkshake IPA, and call it Jucifer, and 
then ended up doing a, a strawberry blonde ale called the devil's daughter okay it's kind of a, just a tie-in that hey we're messing with this fruit but you know don't want to be too similar right um, so then you know got overwhelmingly good hype on it um so we ended up doing a second run right away uh, but we're like we want to kind of mix it up we have all this fruit what can we do so we ended up releasing triple berry <laughs> and i already now have uh triple uh, the third batch in a tank ready for um almost its fruit edition and well we're going back and forth on it but we're thinking like a mango strawberry okay um, so now you're buying fruit Hell yeah. or are you still working on that no, palette we're still working on the palette okay, cool. yeah. <laughs> so sounds like they gave you a variety check yeah, the shit out kind got of an assorted palette exactly cool. yeah. 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 Like 300 pounds per the 10 barrel batch wow yeah. whoa so it yeah. just releases gives all that nice juice and fruit yeah mm-hmm. when do you add the fruit to the beer uh fruit comes usually in a secondary okay um I we experimented with the uh, strawberry at um, end of primary, and then tossed it in secondary. But I found it it's a little bit better just at secondary. And this uh, triple berry actually started um, re-fermenting itself because Personal, of all the fruit, sugar, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and which turned out to be a really nice thing because after you know it started fermenting, I had to just keep degassing it, and <laughs> it. Uh, Ended up self-carbonating it, so it came <laughs> oh, to the yeah. time where yeah. I crashed the tank and start getting it ready to rack, and I'm like, um, well, I want to just check the carb level before I actually add CO2 to it. Right. Good thing I did, because it was sitting right there at like 256, and it was like, oh, it's perfect, let's rock it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you intended that, you planned it. Yeah, totally. Right, that's what you say. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to happen, and everything, everything is fine. And uh, how's the uh, the response been to the, the Juicifer series? People like it? Amazing. Yeah, yeah we can't awesome. even keep it in house. Nice. Yeah. Do you, awesome. Do you adjust the hops depending on the fruit, or is it the same hops? Uh, same hop bill. Same. I designed okay. the um, recipe to be just a base milkshake IPA. Um, so the uh, with the intentions, hopefully, that the fruit wouldn't be able to change too much of it. Uh, so we actually do use uh, Cascade at ten minutes, and then El Dorado um, at Whirlpool, and. From there, uh, we've kind of been increasing the lactose. So the first batch was 25 pounds. Second batch was 50 pounds. Uh, third batch, we stepped it up a notch. Five, so <laughs> okay. We're just kind of playing with it, dialing it in. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, so far, great, great feedback all around. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's yeah. all you can hope for, man. We call it the summer strawberry, or at least I call it that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The devil's daughter. It's nice. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's refreshing. Yeah. It's, the nose on it's great. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, speaking of the, the Dunkless Warren or the Oktoberfest or whatever. Speaking of beer. Yeah. Speaking of beer. Uh, you have a recipe to share. I did. Justin wanted me to bring in an Oktoberfest recipe. <laughs> you, you sound like you're pouting. <laughs> Justin no. wanted me to. He did. He asked me to last week, so okay. here I am with my recipe. <laughs> yeah, and I won't enjoy a single yeah. minute of it. Right. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> what is this uh, from? One of your, your archives, your mini archives? Uh, so this is kind of uh, based on where I was headed with the, the Oktoberfest at Loma. Yeah. Um, so it's more of the fest style, not oh. like a Meriton style cool. uh, Oktoberfest mm-hmm. beer. Okay. Um, so on the lighter side. Um, not as red or right. Yeah, it's pretty much kind of like a, a little bit of like an imperial Hellas 
kind of thing. A bigger, kind of going bigger on. Hellish, yeah, right. just like bigger body, hmm. a little bit more malt character. Right. Uh, higher ABV than a Hellas would typically have. Um, I don't know why, but I hated the fact that you called it an Imperial Hellas. It bothered <laughs> me. Like, I, my eye twitched. Yeah. It's like... 5.5 instead of 4.9. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it's an 8% Hellas. Uh, Maybe people should uh, market their Hellas beers session Oktoberfest. Yeah. <laughs> that would be... Because that would be they would probably amazing. sell more Hellas. Yeah. Um, That'd be good. So anyway, I converted it to uh, uh, home brewer units, so that way it would be easier. Um, Not like IBUs, but HBUs? <laughs> yeah. Um, so this beer typically starts out around 10.53, and... Uh, Ends up at around uh, 10, 12, um, around 21 IBUs. Uh, and the IBUs are split between both Hallertau Mitterfru and, and Tetanang. Um, I kind of like the combination of a little spicy darkness with the, the lighter lemony Hallertau. Um, and then uh, 83 and a third percent Pilsner, and then 8 and a third Vienna, and 8 and a third Munich 1 uh, for the, the malt percentages. Um, I figured it'd be easier to give percentages. That way people use their uh, Beersmith software. There you um, go. Beersmith 3. Out yes. Now. Um, and figure out, depending on your batch and your efficiencies and all of that, you can you can figure out exactly how many pounds you need. Um, I used uh, WLP 830. Um, and make sure you pitch the appropriate amount. Don't just buy one vial and think that your little starter is going to be <laughs> enough to make this lager. Um <laughs> Jamel's calculator works really good for that. Um, I typically pitched a 40-barrel pitch into 10 barrels. <laughs> really? At Loma. Yeah. Huh? Um, I mean, you weren't buying it. What do you care? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, we typically also reuse these three times, so we got our money's worth out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just to cut down on the ester profile okay. um, and get good attenuation. Um and so, and did uh, that line up with his yeast calculator? Your forty barrel uh, uh, pit size? Yeah, it was actually pretty close. Cool. Um, yeah. So, so just go by the calculator. Right? right. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. You should have your own calculator, Warren. Right. <laughs> just reskin his. Buy more than you think you need. Yeah. And get that. Dot com. Um, and then, as far as water goes, um, I typically use kind of two main metrics as far as mineral content. Um, I shot for around sixty ppm of calcium. And then depending on whatever the seasonal water was, uh, I was looking for a um, sulfate to chloride ratio of about 0.8. So more on the mm-hmm. chloride side to get a sure. little bit maltier. Um, and then uh, I used phosphoric acid to adjust the pH because with that grain bill, you're typically going to have too high of a pH. Okay. And with the beer being around 10, 12, it's important to get a pH on the lower side so that yeah. way the beer ends up lower because that helps make it have less uh, apparent sweetness um, and helps make it more drinkable. Um, so I use phosphoric acid. You can use whatever you got. Um, and, you, and you do that at the in the mesh? Correct, yeah. And, and that so, cascades down to the finished beer? Yes, yeah. So all the minerals and the acid go in with the, the mash. Right. Um, and then uh, as far as mash schedule, um, I did a protein rest at uh, 122 degrees or 121, sorry totally would change um dude i can't even trust a single word you're saying yeah just scrap the whole recipe it's not gonna be good um and i'd rest there for 10 minutes and then heat up uh to a sacrification rest uh, at 148 and then rest there for about 50 um i 
I found that with the protein rest, my attenuation increased by almost about 5%. Wow. So all these people that say modern malts are fine and you don't need it, liars. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're liars. <laughs> all right. I'm um, a liar, I guess. So, uh, yeah, 50-minute rest at 148, uh, then mash out at 165, uh, let that rest for 10 minutes or whatever, um, and then 90-minute boil, just a single 60-minute hop addition for all those IBUs, um, and then I knocked out at 48 degrees to let it free-rise up to 50, where primary would uh, uh, go for about a week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the... Knocking in low before primary helps cut down on the the ester profile of the yeast character as well. Um, And then after about a week, when you get – the gravity gets down to about uh, 10.18 or so, uh, I let it free rise up to 57 and then let it sit there until it passes diastole rest, which for me typically was around 14 to 16 days. Um, You can do this really easy test where you'll take two samples of the beer and one is your control and the other you heat up to about 140 degrees for about 10 minutes. And then if you cool that back down to approximately the same temperature as your control and smell them side by side, you're essentially uh, forcing any precursors to diacetyl to convert into that. Okay. And then you can smell them and see if if your diacetyl rest is totally done. Um, hmm. so we would do that all the time. Um, which, and so, like I said, typically 14 to 16 days, then we would gradually cool the beer about four degrees a day, um, until we could get the beer down to 29 degrees, the colder, the better. Um, if you, f- if you can only get to mid thirties or whatever, um, you're going to want to lager for a little bit more time. Uh, but we would lager at 29 for two to three weeks. Um, and then force carbonate, and it's ready to go. It's um, a long recipe, dude. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to lager, you might as well lager. <laughs> um, I could have lagered a go. beer by the time it took you to read that recipe. <laughs> but it wouldn't have been as good as this one. <laughs> I mean... <clears throat> so there not, you go. Uh, start now, and it'll be ready for next year. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, just the brewing part of it, but uh, the rest right. has to... Uh... All right, well, thanks, Warren. I'm glad... <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'm glad you did your homework. I did it. Um, I'm get, sure Justin listened. You get a gold star. And so he'll know oh, that I a did pentagram. it. Check I, that box. I drew a pentagram for you. I didn't mean to. I'm oh, sorry. Thank you. Yeah. That's a star, right? <laughs> yeah. In a certain direction. Okay. Actually, that's what I drew. I don't even know if that's, a, that's mm. just a shape. <laughs> that's an hourglass? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? You know what I do know, though? Uh, Drake's. Go to drinkdrakes.com. They have a lot of good beer over there. And yeah. uh, they're good dudes. They're opening a bunch of places. And... Uh, they have a lot of stuff going on. I had a couple 1500s this weekend. You did? Yeah. Nice. Tasting great. Whereabouts? As usual. Uh, it was actually uh, at uh, the local watering hole, uh, Vinny's. Hell yeah, here, bro. Vinny's. Um, seeing the Schumann's play some music. Oh, yeah. Uh, or at least try to. Right. Um, well, they still struggle with that. Yeah. That's um, good that they're yeah, ugly. They had a good show. It was uh, Saturday night. Yeah. You missed out. I, did. I uh, forgot uh, about I, it. I wish that it right. could have been there. Yeah, yeah, I totally would have gone too. I forgot about. Yeah, it. instead of drinking cloudy beer, I just had some clear fifteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, I didn't drink cloudy beer either. I just had uh, under attenuated fucking Oktoberfest. Oh, okay, <laughs> twice. <laughs> just to be fa- sure, and then faction beer. So you know, uh, yeah. look, my day was fine. Okay, actually, it wasn't. <laughs> it's was fine. Like if it weren't for Drake's, I probably wouldn't even be over here. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, 
Well, originally I grew up with my uh, mom going to the uh, Drake's parties. Uh, oh, yeah. When they originally the first Fridays, Fridays or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how I actually uh, she met Jader and Berto of Hoptech. And, okay, because uh, they're very unfriendly people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very, very introverted. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, like, from the way I've heard, like, both sides of the story, but pretty much they were inducted into the Cool Kids Club over there. Yeah. And uh, after that, uh, became good friends. And then, you know, they end up, the party blocked a truck, I guess, for one of the neighboring businesses. So that's how the party got shut down. They all became known as Lost Drakers. <laughs> so I've grown up with like these, well, my mom leaving every first Friday and um, to these parties that later find out it was over at Drake's. And uh, from there, yeah, they became Lost Drakers, started partying at other people's houses because they got nowhere to go. Right. And so, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for them, I Probably wouldn't be here over the brewing scene. That's cool, man. <laughs> That's a good story. That's what Drake's does. They uh, they push people around, man. They push. They bring people into the beer industry. Yeah. You know who else pushes people around, Warren? The Shamity push Creek. Eject. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, Push Eject this too. Uh, it's been on the Philly Beer Map since 2012. They recently took their fourth Philly Beer Scene Magazine Award for Brewer of the Year and third for the Brewery of the Year. Two-time GABF uh, Vienna Style Lager Medal winner, also a bronze for their Smoke Lager in 2016. Uh, which uh, I was talking to Jeremy the other day. He's going to send me some of that Smoke Lager. Oh, will me. any of us get? Oh, okay, it's coming to my house this time. Okay. Specifically for me. So then I need to email Jeremy and ask him to <laughs> No, so then some. I will bring it to share with you because mm-hmm. I'm the greatest person that you've ever known. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, they have a large expanded tap room, a variety of beer styles, free brewery tours on Saturdays, and com. And then last but not least, Warren, it's your favorite ad. <gasps> Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you will get the free Big O Kid, little treat that they give you and whatever. Uh, but you get 50% off almost any item when you enter code BNARMY at checkout. So you do that, and you get free shipping. So, uh, you know, you get 50% off almost anything, free shipping, and you get a little something extra afterwards using code BNARMY at checkout. That's BNARMY and Adam and Eve. Com. Okay, Twitter game real fast, Warren, and then we're done because I'm hungry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're going to have to look up the Twitter game. I got answers. it right here, bro. Okay. I'm doing it right now. I've been doing it the whole time. Wow. Well, Multitasking over there. Yeah. Or I'm impressed. M- multi- multitasking. <laughs> that and doing the uh, backup. Uh, that's two things in one night. This guy's getting well, good. Multitasking, guys. You, you had it? moments of smartness. <sighs> multi. No, that joke wasn't. Neither was Bevo turning on her mic. Yeah, neither was Bevo talking to her friggin' microphone. After I didn't care years. enough to get into my mic to say that. Oh, well, you, you, really really yeah, you don't actually have to get into your mic. I have mic. to climb into it. It's not oh. a sleeping bag. Oh. <laughs> I wish it was. It's not a Snuggie. What happened to your Snuggie? Do you still wear that goddamn thing? I totally still have it. You, do you use it? Yeah, but not as a Snuggie. I use it more as just a blanket. That was the whole thing about the Snuggie. Like, it made uh, no sense. Just poke your friggin' arms out, and then you can grab your glass, and you get back in your... Because no one uses it. That was the thing. You're never going to use it as a Snuggie. You're going to use it as a blanket. I used it as a robe a couple times. I was expecting her to say I use it as a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's my dress. That's how I go to Taco Bell all the time. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> <the> Twitter. <laughs> 
<laughs> Twitter game was what would I put? What design would I put on my later hosen? Right, something like that. Yeah, what yeah. yeah. What what? How are you going to decorate your later hosen? Uh, drunk Rhino. Who I feel like we haven't heard from Drunk Rhino in a long time. Or is that Albino Rhino? Who was the dude that we tried to light on fire at the anniversary party? That was just Rhino. It was just Rhino. Just. Oh, shit. I can't keep up with all these Rhino So names. now he's drunk? Uh, he said teddy bears, pacifiers, and bottles of milk so his kid will actually like him. <laughs> I mean, you know, not wrong. Does she, knows what, does she know what those are? No. <laughs> uh, Philip Grosvenor the second, apparently, he says a giant ligma. A what? <laughs> <laughs> a giant ligma, and then uh, I said it would probably be more like a like an updog. I don't know anything of what you're <laughs> saying right now. No, you weren't here for the ligma, but you know it'd be an updog. <laughs> you're trying here. to get me to say what's? <laughs> I'm sure I was here, but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what is it? It's a giant. It's, it's just a, an updog. What's ligma? <laughs> <laughs> I would prefer you go over the updog, but it's fine. Uh, and then you say you go, "What's up, dog?" I go, "Not much, dog. What's up with you?" Ligma? <laughs> Ligma is no. I can't. I feel uncomfortable okay. saying it right now. Okay. Right? Don't worry about it. Now my thing turned off. Uh, Jeff Grailnick says uh, there would be see-through. The shorts would be see-through, <laughs> so everyone can see how clear and smooth everything is. And then he says, hashtag no haze, bro. Oh, see-through leather. But it'd be see-through. It'd be, it would be like you would get the condensation, and then that would just be real gross. Uh, Jeff Angle says he found some really cool bratwursts to hang all over them while browsing in Adam and Eve. Effing <laughs> uh, Beer says the only answer is D and D. And then Ryan Clift said some dumb D and D thing no one knows or cares about. <laughs> so you're kind of hitting the D and D, you know. Thing. Yeah, they know you. And then uh, Anthony Lazari says JP has later hosen. In Chechnya, we only have our skin, and our skin is old, dry, and full of cracks. We would add designs to our skin, but the only color we have is crap, and it gets into the cracks and makes us cry dry tears because we are too poor to afford tears. Wow. That was a long That's one. That's a long tweet. I was yeah. working all night on it. I think, he, uh, to be honest with you, Anthony, you should have stopped that in Chechnya we only have our yeah, skin, yeah, and it, our skin is old, it, dry, full of cracks. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Which one do you guys uh, think is the funniest uh, the or the best? Uh, got a rise out of his, uh, Somewhere between Ligma and Updog. Not Ligma. Uh, what was the before the, the see through? Yeah, got, see through got, got one. Play. Yeah. That's the, very funny. The, the see through leather? Yeah. It got some play. That did. And then one of the D&D ones. The D&D got some play. The only That's answer good. is D&D and then some dumb D&D thing no one knows or cares about. I like the second one better. Okay. Me too. But I'm I feel bad if the first one came chronologically. It did. You should feel bad. Feel bad about a lot of things. I thought okay. the Adam and Eve sausages one was pretty That funny. one was also. Yeah. yeah. So those would be the top oh, three Jesus for me. Christ. That's four. Yeah. No, not both D and D ones. Okay, just, just the second one. one. Yeah. Okay, so some D- dumb D and D thing no one knows or cares about. He found some really cool bratwurst to hang all over them while browsing in Adam and Eve, or the shorts would be see through so everyone can see how clear and smooth everything is. This kind of Personally, cool. having to see you, I'd prefer the sausages <laughs> from Adam and Eve. You know, I'm going to be home, right? You know, I'm not going to go out. <laughs> I don't know. Looking with those, looking good with those hot leader hosen. <laughs> Uh, okay, anybody else have an opinion on yeah, these? Yeah, any of our guests? Stupid uh, game that we play? The clear uh, leader the clear, clear Okay. <laughs> that sounds anyway. Okay. Oh. We got two vote tasty. But I would I like if you would come to the Concord Oktoberfest in those. I would too, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'd already rung in. I, I nominated clear, 
leader hotel, oh, so okay. I'm going to stick right. with it. Oh, shit. I'm with Tasty. I'll take the clear leader hotel. Oh, man. Okay. Clear leader hotel. Good job, Jeff. Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, whatever. Uh, watch dude. cops, everybody. <laughs> cops, Aaron <laughs> Knightley on Spike TV. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Was it Karen? Yeah, I think it was Karen. Yeah. Jesus Christ! It was just ba- basically the joke is like uh, this dude got arrested from uh, getting pulled over in his driveway somehow, and he was harassing his girlfriend about it. <laughs> She's like, "Why well, didn't mean for you to get arrested?" He's like, "Thank you, Karen. Thank you." Like super passive aggressive. Oh, yeah. Like, thank you. No, as he's getting lowered you. into the police car. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> So good. I thought you were gonna say he's wearing clear leader hose. And I, then wish. He got oh. <laughs> I wish. I uh, wish. That's what'll happen to me. Oh. See, that's this tweet <laughs> is entrapment. Yeah. Thanks, Taryn. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks, Jeff Grelnick. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Germans. Uh, but a sincere thank you to Epidemic Ales for coming in and talking about their beer and your guys' brewery and the story and all that kind of fun stuff. I really appreciated it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Pedro for, from the city of Concord for coming in and talking about uh, how cool Concord is. So if you guys want to start a business in Concord, you have to deal with Pedro, and that seems pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. He loves beer. He does love beer. We it love sounds beer. like it. Yeah. You guys love beer, we too? Do. All right, right, everybody. (laughs) Thanks a lot for tuning in to the session. And apparently we'll be gone for the next two weeks, which is nice. Probably because Bev is vacationing. Oh, yeah, GABF. GABF. That's right. Right. Um, GABF. Monitor Justin's uh, heart palpitations on the Chinese uh, herbs and stuff because that's just weird. You know... By the way, you got 10 seconds to finish his thoughts. Yeah, I, whatever. Justin's going to... All right. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Straight be as great as his charity.